done been through it. I done been broke. I done been homeless. I done been to prison. And I came out the ashes strong. I came out the ashes with wealth. I came out the ashes changing my family last name. I ain't did it for nobody. I did it for my people. I did it for my family. I did it for the ones that come from where I come from. I did it for my homies in prison. I did it for my shorties that's in the strip club. I did it for the mamas that's working nine to five that won't work, don't want work two jobs no more. I did it for the daddies who don't get the credit, who working on garbage trucks, who working the turnarounds. They don't want to do it no more. They want another way. They ain't never been there. I've been there. I ain't the biggest. I'm just the realest. You feel me? The game hit different to me. It means something different to me. It means something different to me. I won't see my people build up one share at a time because I know we ain't going to get there overnight. It's a journey. We're going to go through the wilderness together. I ain't Moses. I ain't Joshua. I'm trapped. I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to get in the trenches with you. I promise you we're going to do it together. What's good? What's good? What's good? It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper. Welcome to another amazing episode of Trapping Tuesdays. We talking about episode 41, y'all. It's definitely clap for that, man. Y'all could have been anywhere else tonight, but y'all chose to be here. And so I just want to applaud you for that. Before we go any further, I want you to like, I want you to subscribe, hit the bell, and man, send this out to some of your friends, man. I'm telling you, tonight is going to be such an amazing night. Tonight is going to be so amazing because as I look at what's going on in the world and as I look at the discomfort, the discomfort that is sitting amongst people, the scarcity that's sitting on people's heart, I realize we need answers. I realize that our people are seeking solutions to problems that we have been facing generation after generation after generation. The texture, the tone, and the tactics that our families are equipped with aren't enough. We're talking about the noise of uncertainty. Mm. The noise, the noise, the noise. You can't have step your way to wealth. It has to be a full-on commitment. Like many of you, I come from a fatherless home. My mother fought the fight of her life just to give birth to me at 16. Being a parent, being a pregnant teen, the embarrassment of having a kid at 16, the experience was so traumatic for her that literally she left men alone completely. And in 1983, 84, she became a gay woman, a gay single mother. The noise of uncertainty. As she got older, she held on to the love of her son. And then life switched. 
some of her demons developed. She became full of anger. She became full of hurt. She became full of fear, anxiety, trauma. And I watched it. And then I inherited it. I inherited those demons. I inherited those philosophies. I inherited those actions. The noise of uncertainty. And then I walked through life with no vision. I walked through life with no values. I walked through life not even acknowledging who I was. I was an asset that was decreasing in value rapidly. And I started listening to the noise, the noise of uncertainty. But here I am now, powerful, valuable, a father, a leader, success and purpose, a mentor. I say this because we all have different roles that we will take to becoming wealthy and successful, but none of them are void the noise of uncertainty. I guarantee you the journey does not come without it. Think about the Israelites who turned an 11-day journey into a 40-year catastrophe because of the noise of uncertainty. They couldn't get it right. Too many voices. Too many noises, too many ideas, too many people disgruntled. What happens when you have one generation that only they know is slavery and bondage and you have another generation that never felt it, all they know is uncertainty. I want you to understand that there's two different dynamics that sit there. There's one generation, all they know is making bricks without straw. All they know is Pharaoh. All they know is lack and bondage. Then there's another generation on the journey, in the confusion. That's all they know. So one generation has structure, but the structure is in bondage. The next generation has spent a lifetime in chaos amongst the noise of uncertainty. How did it survive? What are the values? 
What are the strengths? What are the principles that they stand on? They have none. They are ungrateful for the journey. They are ungrateful for the past because it's so far out of reach, they don't relate to it no more. All they know is we have been walking and we haven't reached the so-called promised land yet. That's all they know. So on your journey, us right now, we can't touch Malcolm. We can't touch Martin. We can't touch it. We don't know what it's like to walk over the bridge at Selma. We don't know what it's like to get sprayed down by the dogs. We don't understand it. We've never been on a slave ship before. It's a little bit out of our reach. So we've been walking, we've been wandering in the noise of uncertainty. Where's our principles? Where's our values? What do we stand on? What is it that makes us strive to go forward? The wealth that we pursue does not come overnight. Quite frankly, it doesn't even happen in a year. How can we expect to go from no assets, paycheck to paycheck, waiting and depending on retirement to boom, we wealthy. That's not realistic. The noise, the noise, the noise, the noise, the noise misleads us. The noise distorts our vision. The noise makes things not real. The, the, the noise makes the visions in the rearview mirror may seem closer than they appear. The noise. Significant wealth takes time. But there's an abundance of fruit to bear. The formula isn't a secret. You don't have to be a a wealth guru. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a, 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 an advisor. And quite frankly, you don't even have to come from it. The formula to wealth is easy. Earn money, spend less, invest, repeat. It's not hard. It's not hard. Earn money, spend less than you earn, invest, repeat. Okay, maybe bring me here, because maybe they understand. I'm going to talk to them right here. Earn money. Spend less. Invest. Repeat. It's not hard. The obstacle comes because of the noise. The noise comes in a form of you deserve to go out. The noise comes in the form of, you deserve to take this trip. The noise comes in the form of, buy that bag. The noise comes in the form of, 
buy that car. The noise comes in the form of YOLO. The noise comes in the form of the music we listen to. The noise comes in the form of the TV that we watch. The noise comes in the form of all of the 60 second reels that we watching. The noise comes in the form of the stuff we watch on YouTube. The noise, the noise, the noise. The noise of uncertainty is what keeps us from building wealth. It's not the fact that we don't have the money. It's the fact that the noise is too goddamn loud. The noise. The noise. Behaviors that we repeat, they gotta evolve. Our philosophies around money, they gotta evolve. Man, this is bigger than me just giving you a stock price. This is bigger than me telling you what companies to buy. This is a financial revolution. We are the financial revolutionaries, but we gotta evolve. Or you gotta be on the sideline. Because there's too much noise. And for those who are not committed, I need you to hear my voice. For those who are dedicated, I need you to hear my voice. We got marching orders, y'all. We got our orders. We gotta cancel the noise. And we gotta get in line. We gotta cancel the noise. And we gotta suit up. Cause we see banks failing. We see global recessions in play. And it ain't nothing we can do about it. But honestly, it's all noise. We got our marching orders, y'all. We are the financial revolutionaries. And Wall Street, Wall Street looks like us now, y'all. Let's clap for that. Let's go, man. This is episode 41, man. Shout out all the new trappers, man. What's good? What's good? Welcome, Jose. Hey, bro, we are... 16 minutes in, man. We got 1,300 people in the chat. Let's salute to that, man. Let's salute to that. Let's clap for that. My dog's in the building. Shout out to George in the building on the camera. Shout out to George. Brandon in the building on the camera. Shout out to Brandon. We got Gindy in the building. Shout out to Gindy. We got Shatora in the building. We got Tui on the track. And y'all know we got Dave on the graphics. Shout out to Stevie on the back line, man. All right, man, this is gonna be one of them ones. Today, I need to get a beat right quick, man. Today, give us something funky, man. Give us some flavor. Let's get 41 in the building. Give me something, too. Let me hear that. Let me hear that. Khadija, I see you. Jay Nola, I see you. Castle, I see you. Martina, I see you. Chanel Lewis, I see you. Joseph White, I see you. Okay? Natasha David, I see you. D, I see you. Tony Watts, salute family. Woo! Okay. Let's go. Alright, 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 alright. Listen, man. 
right, let's, let's start off with our, our mantra. Let's go, y'all. Let's start off with our mantra. Let's get it going. Man, it's going to be an amazing show. Thank everybody for tuning in tonight, man. Listen, man, it's going to be an amazing show. Episode 41. Listen, y'all know our goal is to help you increase legacy. Our goal is to help you make better financial decisions so you don't have to get it out the mud. You can get it out the market. All right, let's go, man. Listen, how we started off, man. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I'm confident in my ability to make great investments. The, I, the stock market is a machine that prints money. I'm more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based on the information that I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today I break all the chains that anchor me to the poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned our last name to an asset. I want to just say that again. I just want to say that again. Today I break the chains that anchor me to the poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned our last name into an asset. Let's sit on that. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will I submit my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper, and Wall Street looks like us now. Woo, let's clap for that, man. <laughs> it's something about the... My ancestors will smile now because I have turned my last name into an asset. It's something about that part that get me every god doggone time. Every time. Just the idea of turning my last name to an asset. The idea of knowing that I have now put us into position to acquire assets frequently. The idea of knowing that we have put freedom in the grasp of my family. The idea that my family's last name now holds weight in this capitalistic society. The idea that my last name now can go into a building, Mr. Howard. Yes, the idea of that that my last name is now on deeds and, and, and on ownership papers and on bonds and on stocks and on receipts that own gold. The idea that my last name is attached to businesses. The idea that my last name now produces money. The idea of what my last name now does. It means it always makes me smile. Something different about it, y'all. It's the idea. The most powerful thing about a seed is not what it is, it's what it has the possibilities to be. It's 
the possibilities when you see your children and you looking at them and you like, damn, my son going to be this. Damn, my daughter going to be that. They not that right now, but the idea of the possibilities is what excites you, what excites you. It gives you this euphoric feeling. It gives you enthusiasm. The idea, I want you to understand that I am so excited now at this junction, at this part of my life, because the idea that my last name is now an asset is exciting to me. It's fulfilling. The idea that my mother had me at 16 in 1982 you know how hard that had to be for her? It wasn't like it is. Now we see young kids pregnant all the time, and I'm not saying that's cool, but we talking about in 82 when the world kind of shunned her away. We talking about she said, yo, this is my boy. I'm going to hold on to him. This is where I'm going to get life at. The idea of what I am right now, knowing what she had to go through, yo, I live in this. I walk in this. I'm grateful, I smile, I'm happy, I love that woman. No matter what we go through, no matter how many times she make me mad, no matter how many times we don't see eye to eye, I understand the sacrifices she made in 1982 to give birth to him, the one when everybody told her to abort him, the one that said, yo, you a college basketball star going to John McDonald 35, you don't need to have no child right now, the one when everybody looked at her and said, she's this, she's that, she's a Jezebel, she's this, she's that, you having a baby at 16, that means you had to be having sex at 15, why is she here? She don't need to have him. The way they looked at her, the way they put her out, I'm here, multi-millionaire. I'm trying to tell you, my last name, my asset, and you the same way, yo. I'm telling you, it gotta mean something to you. It gotta mean something to you. You can't just build wealth because, yo, you think it's the cool thing to do. The generational wealth term getting slung around like 90 going west, but that don't mean it ain't valid. Everybody's slinging generational wealth out, but you gotta have a purpose. You gotta have a meaning on why you won't go get it. Because if it don't mean nothing to you, I promise you, the noise of uncertainty gonna be loud. You're gonna get distracted. You're gonna keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. You're gonna keep falling short. You're gonna keep spending money you don't got. You're gonna keep maxing out the credit card. You're gonna keep overdrafting because it don't mean nothing to you. The struggle gotta mean something to you. What you came from gotta mean something to you. Your people coming from bondage. You walking around in certainty, but the bondage gotta mean something to you. Even if you ain't felt it, it gotta mean something to you. See, it don't mean nothing to you. So you can go in and out. You can be, all right, I'ma build wealth. All right, I'ma spend my money. All right, I'ma build wealth. All right, I'ma spend my money. But when I tell you I was investing 70% of my money and I was, in, I was living off 30%, it's because it meant something to me. I didn't know I was gonna be a multi-millionaire, but I knew I was gonna be better than what I was. It gotta mean something to you, fam. It gotta mean something to you. The possibilities. It got to mean something to you. You got to feel it in your heart. 
if you come here just to hear about stocks, that's cool. But you being here gotta mean something to you. You spending two and a half hours on a Tuesday after you worked all day. You spending two and a half hours on a Tuesday after your boss done pissed you off. You spending two and a half hours on a Tuesday while your kids run around going crazy. You spending two hours here on a Tuesday when your boyfriend pissing you off, your girlfriend pissing you off, you don't feel like doing it. You're sick, you're pregnant, it gotta mean something to you. Otherwise, you're gonna keep scrolling. Gotta mean something to you. The noise of uncertainty, it gotta mean something to you. I come here every Tuesday, cause it means something to me. But on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday, it means something to me. It means something to me to be here. It means something to me to build a business. It means something to me to invest my money. It means something to me to change my daughter's life. It means something to me to change my cousin's life. It means something to me to frame my family life. It means something to me when my family, my family come to me with their problems. I don't get mad at that and say, why y'all come to me with y'all problems? I'm the only thing that they know that look like success. Of course they gonna come to me. I bet that burden. I won't hold that. I don't want to keep saying, I'm going to just pray on it. I'm tired of saying that, and I love to pray, but when shit get real, they need some money. Bet, I got you. It got to mean something to you. Because if it don't mean nothing to you, you're going to get lost in the noise. If it don't mean nothing to you, I'm going to talk about stocks. I got you. But it got to mean something to you. So when you leave here tonight, and when you taking notes tonight, I want you to write down what does it mean to you to be in front of Trapping Tuesdays? I keep telling y'all, and I said something today on Instagram the other day. I said, I ain't gotta be the biggest, I'm the realest. I don't gotta be the biggest, I'm the realest. Cause I done been through it. I done been broke. I done been homeless. I done been to prison, and I came out the ashes strong. I came out the ashes with wealth. I came out the ashes changing my family last name. I ain't did it for nobody. I did it for my people. I did it for my family. I did it for the ones that come from where I come from. I did it for my homies in prison. I did it for my shoulders that's in the strip club. I did it for the mamas that's working nine to five that won't work, don't want work two jobs no more. I did it for the daddies who don't get the credit, who working on garbage trucks, who working the turnarounds. They don't want to do it no more. They want another way. They ain't never been there. I've been there. I ain't the biggest. I'm just the real. You feel me? The game hit different to me. It means something different to me. It means something different to me. I won't see my people build up one share at a time because I know we ain't going to get there overnight. It's a journey. We're going to go through the wilderness together. I ain't Moses. I ain't Joshua. I'm trapped. I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to get in the trenches with you. I promise you we're going to do it together because it just means something to me. Noise of uncertainty, yo. I'm tired of us getting lost. I'm tired of us getting lost in the system. I'm tired of my homies going to jail. My homie just texted me and said, Trap, I need a call. They just shot my car. And I'm like, damn, bro. I'm debating, do I buy him another car? Real talk. It means something to me. I'm trying to overwork so I can get my homies out the hood. It means something to me. I'm the only way they know. I'm the only successful person they know. Some of y'all gonna be the only successful people your people know. It gotta mean something to you. And in order to be heavy on this journey, you gotta be willing to bear that burden. Do you got survival remorse? Hell yeah. 
Because I know too many of my people died. Too many close to me died. I'm 41 years old almost. I've been to more funerals than wedding. That piss me off every day I think about it. It means something to me. Shit means something to me, man. This ain't about sitting in front of no camera. This ain't about being on Instagram. This shit means something to me. This shit in my spirit. This shit in my soul. This shit in my heart. This shit means something to me. Trapping tools, it means something to me. I'm gonna be the certified Wall Street trapper because it means something to me. I ain't gonna never be nothing else. It means something to me. I don't care if I go get nine figures. I'm gonna still do this. I'm gonna do it in a t-shirt. I'm gonna do it in some jogging pants. It means something to me, God damn it. Nobody can't speak with this type of passion if it don't mean nothing to them. You can't fake this. You can't script this. It gotta be in your heart. It gotta be in your spirit. I don't care who you take pictures with. You can't fake real. You can't fake authenticity. You can't fake love. You can't fake relatability. It ain't about a dollar. It's about being there with the people. You can't fake this. So I love Fred Hampton. So I got him tattooed on my back. So I love Malcolm. Got him tattooed on my back. So I love them people. So I love Mandela. Got him tattooed on my back. It meant something to him. They was willing to sacrifice for it. They was willing to go in the dirt for it. Gotta mean something to you, family. Let's go, man. Let's go. Woo! My bad, y'all. I apologize. I apologize. This was, I don't know. It was just in my spirit just now. It meant something to me. You feel me? It happens like that sometimes. My bad. Let me take a sip of water right quick. I'm a little parch. I'm a little parch right here, you heard me? My bad. Jose, my bad. We 31 minutes in. Two days, my bad, dog. We 31 minutes in. I, I ain't said a stock yet. My bad. Goddamn shit. Hold up. I'm in a bind, Nate. I'm in a bind. Two days. Some other time. <laughs> Two days. My bad, dog. <laughs> Two days. My bad, dog. My, <laughs> my dog pissed off right now. Mm-mm. All right, y'all, listen, man. Damn. Them type of things be happening. All right, so listen, man, we're going to speed up just now, man. Word on the street, man. Word on the street, man. Listen, hey. We got banged out today. But I'm here to tell y'all, don't panic. It's all right. So today I got this form. I got a couple formulas that I want to show y'all, that I want to put in front of y'all to help you all out. Because we are true. Zay, I see you in the chat. Zay, what's good, my guy? I rock with Zay, man. He be on Twitter talking that talk. If you see him, Zay, you can put your Twitter in there. Um, two days, just give us a beat for a little bit. The people say they're a little emotional right now. They said it was in the church just now. Let's give them a little, let's give some ref, something refreshing. Just give, <laughs> let's just give, two days, give me something refreshing. Just something refreshing. I didn't pick your spirits back up. I think I had y'all a little imitation of life. But I want get it. Yeah.
Let's react. Turn up a little bit today. Cool, love, love, love. All right, y'all, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Thank y'all for being here for me tonight. Thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for joining, man. Sometimes it get like that. You know, it, just, it is what it is. I know y'all want to get straight to the stock, so we'll talk about it. All right, bet. So listen. All right, y'all, like, we under pressure. All right, and where there's one bank failure, there's two. Where there's two bank failures, there's three. Where there's three bank failures, there's a whole lot more to go, right? I always, when I heard J.P. Morgan say, uh, this part of the crisis is over, this part of the crisis is over, I said, wait a minute. What does he mean by this part of the crisis? This part of the crisis is the key word. Part of the, part of the crisis. Now, let me, let me explain. Some, can I get the whiteboard right quick? Let me explain. I'm not going to be there long. Let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you right quick that I need you to understand about what, what we going through right now. And I want you to understand what's the difference in what we going through now and what we went through in 2008. There are similarities, but there's different. I want you to understand that Mark Twain said it, the, the, the future doesn't always look the same, but it always rhymes, right? So I wanna, I wanna go to this whiteboard right quick. Before I even get into what we talking about, I wanna just make a difference between two things. I want to show y'all something. And I want to show y'all something that's real serious. I'm locked in. I want to show you something that's real serious. 2000, 2008. Watch this. It was a what? Credit crisis. What made it a credit crisis? What happened? Right? Credit crisis, what happened? Uh, I'm gonna say predatory, predatory loans, and then I'm gonna say this too: unstable credit issues. Meaning, people who didn't deserve to get credit was getting credit. So this was the this was the reason for 2008. Credit crisis is what happens, right? Credit crisis, predatory loans, unstable credit issues, predatory loans. This is one thing, number one. Predatory loans, one, people were getting along with outrageous, egregious loan rates, right? Meaning instead of paying 3%, 4%, people were paying 40, 35%, 16%. Just egregious rates on loans. That's one. Two, unstable credit issues, meaning people were getting credit that they shouldn't have been getting. What happens when people get credit that they shouldn't be getting? They misuse it. So when people misuse the credit, the credit got to be paid back. But what happens? The people can't pay the credit back. And then number three, subprime Mortgage. So these are the three culprits of 2008. 
subprime mortgages, meaning people were getting homes that couldn't afford them. So that's the difference between predatory and subprime. Predatory means you got to, let's say you get in a home instead of the home having 4% interest on the rate of the loan, it's 35%. This happening. This is one of the reasons. Subprime means you're making $30,000 a year, but they're giving you a $200,000 home. You don't supposed to be getting it. But then what happens is everybody was passing the loans to each other, writing them off as grade A loans. If you want to go see it, go look at the fall of Lehman Brothers on Amazon. It's love. It's love. So this is 2008. So watch this. So write this down. Predatory loans, unstable credit issues, subprime mortgages. Let's look at that. Let's look at that. 100%, Zay, you own it. Predatory, you own it. All right, so watch that, okay? Now watch this. The thing about this is, the thing about this is, the thing about this is, what is good, y'all, because we're going to talk about this tonight. We're going to talk about this tonight. The reason why that's important is because this, that affected big banks. Big banks. That affected big banks. That affected big banks. But remember what I talked about was what? Also, we talked about what else? Credit issuances, right? Also, car industry. That's what people don't talk about. Watch this. How come in the 2008 financial crash, subprime mortgages was a thing, but yet we had to bail out the banks in the car industry? Because no one buys cars all cash. That's a rare issuance. It's a rare issuance. It's a rare issuance. So majority of the manufacturers from the cars have to be paid from here. Okay, we digging deeper right here. Manufacturing, oh, watch this. Watch this, y'all. Watch this, y'all. It's some game. So now we're breaking down something that nobody ain't ever talked about. Ooh, let me see it in the chat. Let me see it in the chat. We talking about something we ain't talking about. Watch this. Part of the car note is the, I'm going to just do it like this, cost of the good. Part of the cardinal is the cost of the good, meaning how much does it cost to manufacture the car? We got that part, right? But there's inflation on that. Why is there inflation on that? Because, let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. And this is going to make sense to y'all. This is going to make sense. I'm going to make it all make sense. I'm going to make it all make sense. I'm going to make it all make sense. The cost of the car 
includes the car, labor, shipping, and consignment. Let's talk about it. The cost of the car is the car, labor, shipping, and the consignment cost. All right? That's in the price of the car. So what happens is you can't buy that car up front. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You paying for the car up front actually costs the dealer money. You paying for the car up front, also, the cost of the transaction now loses value. The goal is for you to pay the interest over the three to five years. Buying the car up front, actually, mm -mm, it ain't no good. So, because the loans, watch this, y'all. Yo, this is good. We just breaking down what happened. So the banks needed bailout and car manufacturers needed bailout. Right? Remember that. They needed bailout. They needed bailout. Everybody needed, because they were all tied into this part of it. Credit issuance. They all tied up. So the banks had a big part to play in that, giving people loans they didn't need. All that was part to play in that. This is why 2008 was bad. Okay, cool. We got that. We got that. It's not a problem. We get it. We understand. We get it. We understand. But now, watch this. This was good. 2023, what's the problem here? Interest rates. Interest rates. Okay. Trap, why is interest rates a problem here? Why in 2023 is interest rates a problem? This is why the big banks not not tripping. They're like, yo, this don't got nothing to do with us. The big banks like, yo, we don't, we don't got nothing to do with this. This ain't on us. It's on the little banks. Here's why. Small banks now do majority of the lending to people. All right, and tonight we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. Watch this. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. J.P. Morgan, Citibank, Bank of America, 
Big money. Big loans. Regional banks, credit unions, homes, small business, loans. We're going to put personal. Credit cards. This will do majority of the lending in the hood. This will do majority of the lending. Now watch this. They lend out more money because they lend out more money in what? Bulk. But they touch more people. I need y'all to share this. I need y'all to share this. I need y'all to share this. We 46 minutes in. I need y'all to share this. Like it and share this, y'all. We ain't even got into the content for tonight. I need you to like this. I need to share this. Thank you for the super chat. I need you to understand. So we, I need, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I need you to understand what's going on. The better you can understand what's going on, the better you now can learn how to do what I want to talk about is navigate and pivot. It's important for trapping Tuesdays because I need you. What's my favorite saying, y'all? I need you to be what? In position. The goal is for us to be in position. So do me a favor and share this out. All right, so why is it pressure here, trap? Okay, cool. Watch this. Small banks... Aggressively lend. They aggressively lend. But they are lending. Remember, we went through 13 years of free money lending. Interest rates were between 0 2.5%. It's easy for me to lend money in that area. It's easy for me to lend money in the 0 and 2.5% interest rate environment. Why? Because I have access to the capital that's free money. What happens is it's easy to build wealth when it's easy to lend money. It's easy to build wealth in the low interest rate environment. Why? Because it doesn't cost me that much to lend some money. Think for yourself. Would you rather lend some money at 0% or would you rather lend some money at 5%? I would rather lend money at 0%. At 5%, I got to pay a lot of money back depending on how much I get that. But watch this. The more money I got to pay back, the more possibilities of that money doing what? Defaulting. Oh, we cooking right now. We cooking right now. We cooking right now. We cooking right now. If I'm lending money in this, I want to be the lender in the, I want to be the borrower in the zero interest rate environment. But if I'm lending money in the 5% interest rate, 6% interest rate, what happens is now is 
now that money has a bigger rate on it and a bigger possibility of doing what? Defaulting. Defaulting means I, the lender, do what? I do not get paid. The possibilities of me getting my money back is what? Slim to none. This is why we see banks doing what? We said it three weeks ago. We saw the big banks doing what? Putting $2 billion on the side for what? Loss aversion. We saw the big banks putting money on the side for what? People that can't pay their loans. That way it don't affect the what? Balance sheet. Mm. All right. Ooh, we good right now. We good right now. Two day, don't trip. Don't trip. It's all right. Take your time, brother. Take your time. All right, so watch this. As interest, why am I acting like I can't spell? As interest rates increase, it implies more pressure on Lil, not little, but Lil, Lil Banks. Why? Because now they don't have the capacity to operate. They're over leveraged. The more you crank, the more you crank, the more you put them. I'm in a bind, Nate. The more you crank. I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other time. I don't care. I don't care. I really need this money. I don't care. What really hurts them now is because, because we in the recessionary environment, because the Fed can crank and crank. And so now when 20, quarter percent now seems like a whole percent. A quarter percent going from 2.5 to 3 ain't bad. From 3 to 4, you're like, all right. From 4 to 5, it's real. It's real. So we see little banks, we see little banks cracking right now. We see little banks under pressure right now. Watch this. And we're going to show it tonight. We're going to see banks now consolidate. Okay, here's a number. Y'all with me tonight? Watch this. Watch this. Right now, there's 4,000 banks in America. 4,000 banks. There's 4,000 banks. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, this is a mock my word, I can guarantee you in the next five years, we have about 2,500 banks. In the next five years, we'll have about 2,500 banks because banks now, they're going to be defaulting because we got to go through this for about another 18 months, y'all. We got to go through what we're going through right now for like at least another year, at least another year. And the high interest rates environment puts too much pressure on them. This causes what? The default in the banks. Now, let's talk... I'm going to get into the graphic, but now watch this. Remember I said this a couple weeks ago. I said First Republic, they got assets. They just over leveraged. 
They got assets. They just over leveraged. So what happens? What happens? JP Morgan. Watch this, y'all. Watch this, y'all. Big bank, take, little bank. Because watch this. Watch this. When your bank defaults, when I buy your bank for a little bit of nothing, guess what I get? I get all your assets. I get all your houses that you had. I get all of the mortgages that you had. I get all of the businesses that you had. I get all of the credit card people that you had. And I can get your loan, your, your bad Debt for little to nothing. I get your bad, I get all of your good debt, and I get your, I gotta take the bad debt, but it's for a little bit of nothing. I can get 90 billion in assets, and I can take 10 million, 10 billion in debt, but now I can only get the, I can get the 10 billion in debt because I'm buying you out, I get the 10 billion in debt for 3 billion. I get to buy you out for pennies on a dollar. Now, if you don't believe me, go ask, watch this, anybody be mad. Go ask the credit gurus how the credit work when you go to the credit people. The credit gurus always tell you what? Don't pay the credit, because they broke, they arbitraging the credit for little to nothing. Don't the credit gurus tell you that? The credit gurus tell you what? Don't buy, don't pay the credit off, because your name ain't on the credit, that you ain't got the right address, and they getting rid of the credit for pennies on the dollar. The big banks doing the same thing. The big banks is doing the same thing that the little people do to you when they call you for your credit. The big, big bank, J.P. Morgan, said, hey, check this out. I'm going to take the 93 billion in assets. Look, you got 10 billion in debt. Check this out. I'm not going to give you 10 billion because you need the cash. I'm not going to give you. You need the cash. I'll give you 3 billion. Take it or leave it. Because you about to default anyway, guess what you in? Survival mode. Guess what you got to do when you're in survival mode? Take whatever they can give you. So over the next three years, three or five years, you will see 4,000 banks in America go to about 2,500. There's 600 banks on the stock market. It'll probably go to about 250 because the big banks about to come in right now and buy all them little banks for little to no money. So what I'm telling you is something I told you before. When you're looking at these big banks, they will increase in assets. J.P. Morgan, first quarter, $60 billion in new deposits came to their bank. Let's give you the play. So watch this. Before I go, before I sit down, before I sit down, I'm not, don't go invest in little banks. Do not go invest in little banks. But if you're going to invest in big banks, Watch this. If you're going to invest in big banks, you want to look at for this. Look for this. New depositors. You want to look for net income. Write this down. Net income. You want to look for tangible 
book, value, well, I'm acting like I can't spell. Tangible book value increase. You want to look for new depositors? Net income increase? You want to look for tangible book value increase? Owner equity increase. That's what you want to look for. I just gave it to you. If you're going to invest in banks, you want to look for new depositors, net income increase, tangible book value increase, owner equity increase, and that... That's your keys to investing in the big bank. That's your keys to investing in the big bank. If you're going to invest in the big bank, new, net dep new depositors, net income increase, tangible book value increase, on the equity increase. And I promise you this. This your money. This your money right here. That's your money. Damn. Almost Y'all saw that? God damn it. All right. God damn. Trap almost fell. All right. How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? Let's go, man. All right, so, all right, now let's get it to <laughs> Watch how I'm going to fall, man. That's cold-blooded. Damn, somebody going to have that on the thing. Damn it. Somebody going to catch me slipping. God damn it. Shit. <laughs> all right, so let's go with the heat check, man, right quick. Right? We going to just move on, y'all. <laughs> Don't hold that against me right there, you hear me? <laughs> All right, so, man, we saw the calls and put, let's go, our put call ratio. Uh, so we said we had 3,997,155 calls. We had 4,068,104 puts. Here's the thing I like about this, y'all. I'm going to be real with you. It's not that many more calls than puts. It's not that many more calls than puts. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tomorrow, Jerome Powell going to give us a speech. When Jerome Powell gives us a speech, that 25%, I mean, that, that quarter percent is going to definitely shake the market. I don't want you to, I don't want you to let that disturb you. Let's go a little further. Here's our heat check today. We see technology down. We see a lot of the market was red. Financials down. Healthcare, we had Johnson Johnson and Merck up. 
Amazon did 1.5% today. But overall, everybody are down. But listen, don't make this a situation where, don't make this a situation where it's killing you. Don't do that. Don't let this, don't let one day shake you up. I just go a little further. And when we look at the fear greed index, I mean, we wasn't really in fear. This will really tell us a story. When we look at the fear greed index, it wasn't really in fear. That's good. We was in a neutral position, but we had been riding a high for a minute. We had been riding a high for a minute, so we're only in, so I'm all right with that. Let's go a little further. All right, so here's something that's really, I really want to talk about, man. It's going to be important. The AI disaster. Now, a company called Chegg, which is an online school, today, this stock plummeted by 50%. After their earnings call, they said that AI is hindering their company because students are going to AI, chat GPT to be exact, and they're looking for answers. They, they, they're, getting, they're getting the answers and they're getting the work from AI, from chat GPT, and they're not going to the school. It's affecting their enrollments. Okay, I get it. They're replacing the student learning with AI. Okay, I want you to understand that this is the beginning. This is the beginning to something really big happening because over the course of five years, they're saying that AI will take 300,000 jobs away from Americans. They're saying that AI will take jobs from 300,000 Americans over the next five years. Watch this. IBM says it's putting a pause on hiring people because they plan on replacing 25% of their job positions with AI. I want you to understand something, y'all. IBM said they are freezing hiring people for positions because AI will replace 25% of their positions. Here's the expected jobs to be lost by AI, yo. This is crazy. We talking working at, we talking cleaning jobs, we talking about jobs at schools, we talking about janitorial jobs, we talking hospitality jobs, we talking about restaurant jobs, we talking about packaging jobs. Let's go a little further. Look at here. Office and admin support. 46% of jobs will be lost to office and admin support. 25% in all other industries. 44% legal. 0.6% in construction. Architect and engineering. This was supposed to be a great job. 37%. Building and cleaning, 1%. I'm just saying that they're affecting everybody. So what does that mean, y'all? That truly means that if you don't learn, thank you for the super chat, everybody. If you don't learn how to invest your money, trade your money, you will be out in the cold. 
Because guess what AI does? That's what AI does. It also brings down the balance of labor for a company. So what this means is this. I want you to understand this. For the first two years, it may cost me a lot to put AI in your position, but the longevity, the lifetime of that position, I'm going to win with AI. Not me, but the companies. So what they're going to do is now, instead of having to fire people in recessions, guess what? They're already going to have computers in place for you. And guess what? This works hand in hand with the government cutting unemployment a little, cutting Social Security in 2035. This works hand in hand with them cutting uh, Medicaid in 2035. Not cutting it completely, but cutting it down by 25% or 23%. This all works hand in hand, y'all. You can look at this if you want and act like this is not going to happen. You can look at this like you want and act like you are, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not, not going to be affected by it, but I promise you, you will. And here's why. Because America teaches us to go to school to be workers. That was the nature of college. That was the nature of, of higher education. It was teaching people how to be educated to be workers. And I'm not mad at it at all. But what happens is when they start putting machines in position that you don't got to work for, now your degree is even less, worth less than what it is now. Because guess what? They still going to teach you, they still going to teach you to to be in a position that no longer exists. They still going to charge you because the price of education, the price of college is going up. They're still going to charge you six figures for a degree that can't even make six figures in the workforce now. They're going to charge you six figures to go get an eight-year degree so your bachelor's, your master's, your PhD, what happens when the AI now takes your job? but you still got to now pay for that degree. I need you to understand this. I need you to be realistic about this. I'm not telling you not to go to college, but what I'm saying is gone are the days, and I don't know if it ever existed, but I don't want nobody to feel like I feel no kind of way. Gone are the days where all you need is a college degree. They gone. They gone. And it's gone right in front of our face. It's gone right in front of our face. It's happening. And here's the crazy part. It is happening fast. It is happening fast. Every day we seeing, watch this. They had a, a stat that I looked at the other day, and it said between Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Microsoft, they said the word AI more than a thousand times. That's just between the big dogs. Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, whoever the other company was, I said Google. They said the word AI more than a thousand times in their earnings report. What do you think the little company's doing? We just seen McDonald's got a fully automated McDonald's. Fully automated. Fully automated. 
I'm gonna keep it real with you, yo. If McDonald's got a fully automated goddamn on store, we all in trouble. If McDonald's got a fully automated McDonald's, you in trouble, fam. I truly want us to take this serious. I don't care if you get it from me. Man, I'm begging you to go learn how to invest in stocks. I'm begging you to learn how to trade. I'm begging you to learn how to get in real estate. I'm begging you to learn how to do something. I'm begging you to learn how to start your own business. I am begging you. I am begging you. You're in trouble. Your retirement ain't the same. 401ks, they're going to be null and void because what happens when you've been working a 401k, you know they change the game. Every time the game changes, they switch the rules. So what happens when they say, yo, we don't need you no more? Now the 401k that you've been investing into for five years, that's all you got. Ain't no more waiting until you retire from the job because their retirement gone. And guess what? They don't got to get a robot to 401k no more. You got to learn. I don't care if you go learn how to be a motivational speaker. I don't care if you learn how to go sell high tickets. You got to learn something. Your livelihood is in jeopardy. Your livelihood, the way you know, the few ways that you do know how to make money is in jeopardy. So I need you to understand. I need you to take this serious because they don't care. We can go look at the top. We can go look at the top companies in America. And when we look on Glassdoor and we look at these companies and we say, this is the best company to work for. This is the best company to work for. This is the best, best company to work for. Guess, and guess what happens now? Guess what happens when they do got a computer to do your job? Guess what happens now? If they do bring you on, they can bring you on for pennies on a dollar. When they do bring you on, let's say you do go to them and say, yo, I got the PhD, I got the, the, the master's and whatever. Guess what they can say? We got four robots to do your job. This job no longer pays $150,000 a year. We'll give you 80. It's a trickle down effect, y'all. I'm not trying to scare you. We just understand what happens. If I don't got to pay you like I used to pay you, guess what? I don't even got to give you the benefits I used to give you. I don't got to give you days off. I don't got to give you time, time, oh, time and a half. You know what? After 40 hours, you're not getting time and a half. Now it's 60 hours you're working for regular time. I can make the rules the way I want to now because I got computers that I don't got to pay. Yo, it's a trickle-down effect. I'm not going to beat it up no more. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. But if you ain't did nothing else, this segment right here, I need you to play it over and over again because I need you to understand your livelihood is in jeopardy. If you thought go to school, get a good job, and retirement was a scam before, I'm not saying it was because I needed my lawyer. I needed it. I mean, I because I, I love you. I don't need you. Representing me in court. You ain't go to you ain't go to you ain't go to school for that. If I need to go in the hospital, cuz I love you, but I don't need you operating on me, bro. You ain't go to school for that. So all I'm telling you is this: no matter what you thought about, go to school, get a good job, retire, 
that will only be for a select few. It will be a privilege if somebody hires you. I want you to go look at Terminator. I want you to go look at Terminator. Reese came back and said something real serious to Sarah O'Connor. He said, where I come from is man versus machine. I want you to go look at Back to the Future when Marty McFly went to 2025 or wherever he went to and they had all the computers around. I want you to understand that them people saw this a long time ago. They were just getting the technology right. And so while our kids getting taught by TikTok how to dance, while our kids getting taught by Instagram how to dance, while everybody won't be rappers, guess what? You ain't gonna be able to earn no income. Then we're gonna be pushing our kids to sports. You're gonna be pushing your kids to sports. And guess what I learned about the NFL, bro? That really blew my mind. With all them people that go to the NFL, bro, the average NFL career is only four years. Most people that go to the NFL don't get out their rookie contract. Every year in the NFL, there's 700 jobs that get replaced. It's only a 53-man roster. Every year in the NFL, 750 jobs get replaced. Guess why? Because they got somebody younger, they got somebody faster, they got somebody stronger that's coming in. Every year, nonstop. So what happens when we set our kids up and we say, yo, you're going to be the NFL star. Look at this pressure right here. You're going to be the one that changes because you're good in the NFL. What happens when he worked his whole life from kindergarten, from preschool to park ball, middle school, high school, college, to go to the NFL and he don't get the mega millions? What happens when he only get the $400,000 contract? What happens when he only get the $400,000 contract? And because he don't got to do nothing else, that only lasts him for four years. I'm going to keep it real with you. $400,000 is not life-changing. Just, just a quick news flash for you. It ain't life-changing. Because after you $400,000, once you pay taxes on it, once you pay the agent, now you got to live and your people don't understand that you're only making 400000 They think you're a multi-millionaire. What happens? And unlike basketball, they can't go overseas and play football. Same thing with basketball. Yep, they good. Boom, listen, only five people get on the court in basketball. It's only 11-man roster. It's even slimmer. But they can go overseas and make some money, but guess what? Piquito. Size matters. So all I'm saying is, we can't put all the weight on them to go be superstars in sports either. 
because that's too much pressure when they don't get the most. They might be good, but guess what? Somebody coming in every year to be better. Yo, them dudes, listen, I went and talked to them. I was like, damn, but I didn't even know that. Them dudes really learning now, like, yo, I got to invest. I got to learn how to make this money. I got to learn how to make this money work for me. Train your kids. You can train them to be, yo, go play football, but I also need you to be an investor. I also need you to learn how to start a business. That ain't a plan B. That's a plan. That's the plan A. The plan A is to be an investor. The plan B is to be in football, baseball, whatever. That's what I learned. Baseball even worse. Because what baseball do is, baseball send you to the minors. Dude's been a minus for 10, 15 years, making below minimum wage. All right, let me go a little further. Let's, let's go. I'm not going to stay there too long. All right, so here's what I like. I like these four waves right here. Generative AI, I like this company called Marvell. And the reason why I like the company called Marvell is because of this. Now, I'm not telling you to invest in it. I just see a future in it. Here's why. Because even when you get an AI, they still have to have a human component in it. There has to be a human component in it. And Marvell is the company that combats the AI. So you go to AI and get this, it'll give you a blanket answer, and then you get a company like Marvell that gives it the finesse. You feel me? So generative AI is what's going to compact. Even when we talk about the company Chegg, what they said was, even though they're down, they now have to start developing a generative AI that can help them combat chat GPD. So I like that. Digital advertising, AI, Google, man, Google is still the big dog. Cybersecurity, I like PA, but I also like CrowdStrike. Now, we talk about cloud growth. We talk about cloud infrastructure. Snowflake, Datadog, it's a three, five-year play, but I can see it. it may take some time just because we're seeing what's shifting. Like, the cloud is the thing, but now we're talking cloud infrastructure. Companies like Snowflake help other companies make their cloud run better. All right, let's go a little further. Ooh, we trapping at night. Ooh, we trapping at night. Before we get into this, Dave, let's get the recession portfolio up. Tell me in the chat how y'all feeling. Zay say, Marvell, that's my old boo. Let's go, Zay. I like Zay, man. I like Zay. All right, let's go first. Boom, let's make a look at it. Then we going I want you to look at the recession portfolio so we can see it. And the reason why I want you to see the recession portfolio is because each and every week I want you to see exactly what it is that I'm doing. And the reason why I want you to see what I'm doing is because with the wins, with the losses, all of that's part of the game for me. I don't shy away from it. I don't, I can't play this game and always say, yo, we running, we running up a check, we running up a check. Some days we gotta take little setbacks. That's part of the game. The setback is a part of the game. It's all right, right? But overall, I want us to see that I'm so transparent in what I do. And because I'm so transparent in what I do, I want us to just get to it. Dave, if we have an issue with that, let's just go word on the street and we'll get back to it. All right, boom. Recession portfolio, boom. As of right now, the market is up 7%. 
we up 13%. Let's just, let's just take a minute and sit on that. The market is up. The S&P 500 is up right now 7%. We up 13.3%. Let's just sit on that for a second. Let's just clap for that for a second. All right, so uh, ATKR, uh, it came down a little bit. Costco still did something for me. Man, the other day, man, Crocs just, I was up like $7,000, and then Crocs just tumbled on me. I was like, damn, Crocs. But we fighting for our dear life, and Crocs would be all right. Eli Lilly did good. Lockheed Martin uh, tumbled a little bit today. Meta tumbled a little bit today. NVIDIA tumbled today. TPH still doing their thing. VRTX still holding me down. I'm not mad at it. We got a long way to ride. We up. Let's go a little further. Man, this Ulta option just, I'm not going to lie, it made me mad. It made me mad. Yo, we was up $8,000 over the last, we was up $6,000 over the last three days. For some reason, this Ulta stock just, this, this Ulta beauty option just went down on me. So we down, I thought we was up maybe 5000 over the last two days, it went down, but I ain't tripping. Uh, we, we'll see what it do, man. We ain't gonna really panic on it. Uh, our Apple stock, we still good. We up maybe like 52% on the Apple option. Uh, we up uh, $7,500 on the XLK option. Uh, if you are in the Patreon, you know, we talk about these moves all the time. Also in the Patreon, we got out of the... Listen, if you're in the Patreon group, Master the Triple Beam, we got out of the XLK option in time. Why? It went from $83 to $80. That would have punished us. That would have punished us. You hear me? That would have punished us from 83 to 80 in the XLE option, in an in a ETF. It don't even move like that. So we got out of that. We got out of that. We was good. So the I'm going to see, I'm going to watch this Ultra Beauty. I'm going to watch it for a little bit. I'm not going to, we ain't going to panic on it. We're going to see what it do. Again, we still up 16%. We up 17 grand. We ain't tripping on it. You know, we got it to September. We're going to ride it out. Apple doing this thing. XLK doing this thing. Remember, things happen. The reason why we love these leap options because it gives us the... Yeah, I meant XLE. The XLE option, we got out of it. Uh, we got out of that good. We got out of the XLE option good. We talked about it last week. Um... We, was, we got out of that 83, 84, and I said, yo, it's going to go down. Went down to 83. I mean, to 80. So, thank me for having vision. <laughs> thank me for having vision and getting us out of that contract before we really took a big old L. I was like, yo, let's get out of it. And show us stuff, thank. We good. So, Patreon group, if you want to be a part of that, you know, in the Master of the Triple Beam and in the, um, I had to put a put loss on that Ulta at 517. She break that level. She dipping low. That's a fact, Zay. That was a fact. And I think we was all, all the way up to like 535 on that joint. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset about that when I ain't going to lie because it didn't fall gradually. It fell all at once. So I'm kind of mad about that one. But 
I'm going to watch it close, eh? I'm going to really watch it close. But if you want to join up, yep, if you want to join a uh, Master of the Triple Beam, let's tap in. If you want to join the Triple Beam team, again, the Apple option, the XLK option, it already paid for it. We all right. Let's move a little forward. All right, so let's talk about this, man. Chase is the bank bully. First Republic Bank becomes the fifth bank failure since March. J.P. Morgan buys First Republic for the low. Let's go a little further. I want to show y'all something. So right here, based on assets, we're going to look at the largest banks in America. Right? Let's look at the largest banks in America based on assets. J.P. Morgan is number one, and it's, it's important that you notice and see this. It's important that you notice and see this. J.P. Morgan is number one. Uh, Bank of America, number two. Citibank, number three. Wells Fargo is number four. But also, I want you to see something. Bank failures. First Republic is the 14th. Silicon Valley is the 16th. Signature Bank is the 29th. Uh, Credit Suisse is the 45th. And Silvergate is the 147th. Watch this go a little further. And then you got Truist Bank, Goldman Sachs, Capital One, TD Bank, um, B, uh, Bank of New York, Valley Million, State Street, Citizens Bank, First Republic collapse. Morgan Stanley, SVV collapse. I want you to watch the banks up in here. From here on down, I want you to watch them. From here, from that, from that second row on down, they have the possibility to collapse. From the second row on down, I want you to pay attention to those banks because they have the possibility to collapse. I want you to understand that we have not seen the end of bank collapsing. Today we saw another bank go down 39%. We saw another bank today go down 39% today. I don't know if they're up here. They're not up there. Can't think of the name of that bank. They went down 39% today. I can't think of it on the tip of my tongue. There's more banks coming. Especially, watch this. Especially if Jerome Powell do that quarter percent. If Jerome Powell does that quarter percent rate hike tomorrow, we're going to see some more. We're going to see some more. So I want y'all to be mindful. You can mark my word. You can mark Trap's word. And watch this. Secretly, while J.P. Morgan is buying these banks, while J.P. Morgan is buying these banks, he's also pushing for that 6%. J.P. Morgan and Damien Timon are also pushing for that 6% so they can find some more of these businesses for the low, so they can take them assets and add it to the balance sheet. They are looking for more of these to crack. So I pack West. Yep, I think that was it. So a couple of people asked me in the chat just now, do you, in Travis Anonymous, do you get access to the Triple Bean team? No, you don't. Those are two completely different things. They do two completely different things. They're two completely different products. Next, um, there's a couple people asking, what is the Triple Bean team? So the Triple Bean team, you actually get my options plays. You get the actual Triple Beam. It's a discount cash flow calculator. 
You put the numbers in and it tells you what the stock is worth. It can tell you if it's a buy or a sell. Um, then you have the masses of the triple beam. They get that. The triple beam team actually gets uh, everything but the triple beam. And then you have the lottery pick. You just get the plays. Let's go. Let's go a little further. Here's what I want you to look at. Watch this, y'all. His was crazy. That was Western Alliance. Pack West, Western Alliance. Pack West down 30% today. Western Alliance down 25% today. I want you to watch them. I want you to watch them. Watch this. Based on inflation numbers, 2023 is worse than 2008. Based on banks, watch this, bank feds in 2023 are worse than 20, 2008 based on inflation. In 2008, we had $527 billion in bank losses. In 2023, we have $550, billion. That ain't on me, y'all. I don't know why YouTube doing that. That ain't on me. That is not me. We got to figure out what that is. They be, they be reboot. Maybe that's their AI platform. They tripping right now. <laughs> 2008, we had $527 billion. 2023, we have $548 billion. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bank failures. 2023, look where we at, y'all. It's getting serious out here. Let's go. Let's move it up further. All right, here's how I want to help y'all out. I want to help y'all out in this situation. I want to show y'all how to use ETFs. So a lot of times we're looking at ETFs, what we got to understand is it can definitely be a way for us to make money it can definitely be a way for you to take off some of the risk because I know some of y'all going to be like, yo, Trap, I don't want to take on all the risk right now. Right? I don't want to take on all the risk right now, Trap. Well, what we can do is deal with these low-cost ETFs. Right? Vanguard, Charles Schwab, iShares, which is BlackRock, and the Vanguard Dividend Appreciate. Now, here's how that works. Here's how it works. Here's how that works. When you look at expense ratio, that 0.03%, that means you're probably paying about $3 on every $10,000 you invested. You're paying about $3 on every $10,000 you have invested. So same thing with Charles Schwab, but that you're paying $6 for every $10,000 invested. iShares, you're paying about $8 for every $10,000 invested. Vanguard, you're paying about $6. This is why Vanguard is considered the best, because they have the cheapest. So I want to go a little further. I want to show you something. Let's go a little further. Expense ratio compared to mutual funds. So mutual fund, you're paying almost 1%. You're paying almost 1%. Nope. 0.5, not 1. You're paying almost 1% on a mutual fund compared to 0.05 with a ETF. 
So every $10,000 invested is different compared to a mutual fund and an ETF. This is why I always say ETFs are 100% better than mutual funds. You can do the investing for yourself, y'all. You can do the investing for yourself. Let's go a little further. Watch this. I'm about to give you the playbook on what to look for when you are using an ETF. I want you to look for it. This is what you're going to do. First thing you want to look for is the expense ratio. This is telling you how much you are paying to be in that ETF. Number one. Number two, weight of the holdings. This tells us 100% how much of the company that the ETF is holding. So you'll see, all right, give me the whiteboard, right? So this is going to be important. I'm going to skip that so I can show you the whiteboard. Number three, historical performance. You want to see how the ETF has performed over the time of its inception. All right, let's go to the whiteboard right quick. I'm not going to be here long. I just want to show you what this looks like so you can understand what it is. I just want to show you what this looks like. I just want to show you what this looks like so you can understand. All right, so let's say you own Traps, E-T-F. Right? Let's say you own Traps ETF. So let's say we got Apple, NVIDIA, Ulta Beauty, Crocs, Facebook. So then you'll see something like this. For y'all who don't know, You'll see Apple, let's say you'll see 40%. Then you'll see NVIDIA, let's say 20%. Then you'll see Alta Beauty, 10%. Then you'll see Crocs, you'll see uh, 20%. And then you'll see Facebook, 10%. So what that means is, if you had $1,000 invested, 40% of that 1,000 is here, 20% of that 1,000 is here, 10% of that 1,000 is here, 20% of that 1,000 is here, the other 10% is there. This is the weighted holdings. That makes sense? This is the weighting holdings. So that's telling you, if you had $1,000 invested in this ETF, that's how your money going. Apple getting 40%, video getting 20%, Ulta getting 10%, Crocs getting 20%, Facebook getting 20%. You need to understand how the ETF is navigating this money. But since I'm saying that, also let me tell you this too. An active ETF and a passive ETF will probably have two different expense ratios. Active mean they are in and out, passive mean once a year they're changing it. Active mean they in and out, so they switching. Boom, boom, they might be switching. Passive, they switching once a year. So in a passive ETF, you'll see this. At the end of the year, they're going to redistribute these. 
I'm going to say, all right, you know what? To make this ETF perform better, I may go 30% Apple. I may go 40% NVIDIA. I may go 20% Ultra Beauty. I may go 5 and 5 here. Passively moving that around. Passively. Passive ratio is going to be cheaper than active. Why? Because in active, they may be doing this. This quarter, Apple, like, this, we're going to switch the next quarter. Then we're going to switch the next quarter. Then we're going to switch the next quarter. So activists, they're going to be changing around probably quarterly or weekly. They'll tell you passive mean once a year. Just so you know, the, pack, the active ETF, you're going to pay more money for because they're actively moving it around. Passively, you don't got to worry about it. Make sense? Let me know in the chat if that makes sense. Let me know in the chat if that makes sense. All right, let's go a little further. All right, here's what I want you to know. Here's a strategy I want you to look at for the next quarter. Prepare and position for a possible recession. Prepare and position for a possible recession. All right, next, selectivity is critical. During a recession, because I think this is going to be serious, understanding the companies that you want is critical. Well, the recession already is in, but I think it's gonna get, we're going to get deeper because more banks going to fail. So let me say that. As we go deeper into the recession, let me say that. Prepare and position for a possible deep recession. I should have said that. Focus on durability, resilience, and valuations. What do I mean by that? Durability. What are, what are the multiple functions that this company possess? Resiliency. Because of the multiple functions, this company can move through and still benefit in a recession. And valuation, what is it worth? Okay. I need us to understand it again. Durability, meaning Apple. Are people still buying Apple phones during a recession? Are people still using it? Are people still using the subscriptions? Are people still downloading apps? Are people still in the cloud? What are they doing during a recession? Yes. So what that means? Apple has durability. Resilience. What does it mean? Even though they're durable, are they still making money? Okay. Last but not least, we want to pay attention to valuation because we want to be finding out what is worth and we want to be buying it in a recession or a deep recession. Let's go a little further. Put y'all on tonight. All right. While we're talking about deeper in a recession, I want us to understand something that's going to help us out. As we go deeper, dividends help us get great returns. 
One of the cheat codes for me in the recession portfolio is a couple of those companies pay really good dividends. Costco. And the reason why I like the dividend companies during a recession is because those dividends help increase the return. So it's kind of like you always use this analogy. If your mom was about to give you a butt whooping and then you put some shorts on underneath the pants, it helps you protect it from making it hurt so bad. So what I wanted to show you was what companies right now are paying better dividends, will have paid the best dividends in 2022 moving forward. Microsoft number one with 46 billion, Apple number two with 37 billion, JP Morgan Chase with 33 billion, Procter & Gamble number four with 22, Coca-Cola number five with 16, UPS uh, 11, McDonald's number uh, 10 billion, 3M 8 billion, Starbucks 5 billion, well, should we say the bank that sells coffee, 5 billion, Costco, 3 billion. Dividends help increase their returns. Dividends help increase the return on your investment. So inside of each inside of this, I need you to understand. I need you to understand. Before we go buy these dividend companies, I want us to also to ask ourselves this question. Watch this. Is the product and service still good so that the dividend doesn't have to be cut during a deeper recession? Y'all with me? I need you to be with me. I need you to be with me. I need you to be with me. All right, let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. All right, let's go a little further. Most cash to investors. All right, consumer companies still running on big profits. Here's what I want you to look at. Here's some of consumer companies. We're talking Pepsi. We're talking uh, Colgate, Palmolive, Unilever, Coke, Procter & Gamble, Nestle. The pricing is up and the volume is down, but these companies are still putting in profits. You feel me? First quarter sales have changed early in the year, but these companies are still pulling in profits. Somebody say, why did you call it the bank that sells coffee? Go look at episode 40 and then go look at episode 39. You will get a full breakdown of why Starbucks is the bank that sells coffee. Consumer companies can be real good during this time because they are still pulling in big profits. Look at companies like Coca-Cola. Look at companies like Unilever. Companies like Pepsi are still pulling in big profits. Let's go a little further. All right, watch this, y'all. And normally you don't hear me say stuff like this. But ExxonMobil <laughs> is having money problems, y'all. ExxonMobil is having money problems. So here's their issue. Here's the issue that they're having. They're making so much money right now, the government is actually mad at them. ExxonMobil is making so much money right now, the government is actually mad at them. They've now entered the world. They have now entered the top seven companies with the most money. 
ExxonMobil now has 30, mm, yep, 32 billion in free cash. ExxonMobil now has 32 billion in free cash, meaning money just sitting. Watch what they're doing. So they generated $11.4 billion. They've generated $11.4 billion in net income this year. Watch this. They took that $11.4 billion, added it to their free cash, but they've benefited from what? Higher prices of gas, higher consumption. ExxonMobil. But they're actually doing something great with the money. What they're doing is paying down debt. Watch what I'm about to tell you. They're paying down debt. ExxonMobil. Paying down debt, which is good. Share buybacks, which is good. Increasing dividends, which is good. I'm not telling you to invest in ExxonMobil, but what I am saying is the company is doing the right thing with the money that it's producing. The CEO says something. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I listen to this. He said, we will be net positive by 2024 on the balance sheet. said by 2024, we will be net positive on the balance sheet. This is going to sit for a while. I'm not telling you to invest in nothing. That's not what I'm saying. But a company that has a money problem and a company that's paying down debt, a company that's doing share buybacks, a company that's increasing the dividend, a company now has become top seven companies with cash. Remember, Apple right now only has, I'm saying only, but Apple, Apple now has $52 billion in cash. They're not the big dog no more. At $32 billion, they're not that far underneath them. CEO says next year they'll be cash positive, net positive on the balance sheet. I'm just saying. Let's go a little further. All right, so what I want you to do guys now is I want you to when I'm talking about dividends, we're talking about companies, because I'm telling y'all, if no matter what happens, if, because I see these bank failures happening, I see that we will be in a little trouble in the economy. So what I want you to do is I'm going to put this playbook out there for you. It's a dividend playbook. Here's what I want you to understand. One, if we can look for a yield at 2 to 5%, we good. A yield, meaning the dividend yield, at 2% to 5%, means that's what we like. Do not chase yields. Do not chase yields. Let me say it again. Do not chase dividend yields. Next, 
payout ratio at 65%. The reason why we like that is because of this. Some people will look, this is really a dividend science I'm giving y'all right here. This is a dividend science. Dave, bring that down a little bit. Or if maybe it's just on my screen. All right, yeah, right there. I want to make sure they can see it. Yep, right there. All right, so that dividend yield at 2% 2 to 5% is good. That means they're giving us 2 or 5% of the stock price paying that in the yield, which is good. That's how you're going to get your price. The payout ratio at 65% is good. It's a perfect spot for me. And the reason why it's a perfect spot for me is because they're not paying me too much of the profit. They're paying me enough of the profit where they can still grow the they can still grow. I never want a company that's paying me all of the profit. Because if they're paying me all the profit, what are they using to grow the business? Put that in your head. Put that in your head. Next, five pound, five, yes, say five pound. Get the weed off your mind, bro. <laughs> I don't even smoke, but I don't know why. I'm about to say five pounds. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, <laughs> all right. Five-year compound annual growth rate means they are growing the yield. They are growing the yield. I like that, right? Less growth does not hedge against inflation. We don't want that. This is, this is important right here. This is important right here. This is important. Watch what I'm about to say. We want to see them growing the dividend for at least 10 years. We want to see them growing the dividend for at least 10 years, y'all. I'm going to be real with you. We want to see them growing the dividend for at least 10 years. The reason why is because they ain't growing it for 10 years. They not committed to it. They're not committed to it. Or they had some inconsistencies where they had to stop, start over, or they had to get into the profitable enough stage. Right? So we want to, this is a dividend science. This is a science. Now I'm going to add this one thing that's not on there. I want you to do this. If the balance sheet isn't good, we don't want the dividend. Meaning, if company like AT&T, I don't want that dividend. They can keep it. They can keep it. A company like AT&T, the balance sheet is horrible, but they still paying me a 5% dividend. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'll go pay for Costco. That's going to give me a smaller dividend, but a bigger deal. I can get a $6 dividend from Costco, but the balance sheet is beautiful. I can go to public storage and get a good dividend with a great balance sheet. So let's put that in mind. A company that's paying a big dividend but has a bad balance sheet is susceptible. I don't want that. I want to stray away from that. I'm okay. All right, let's go a little further. That was good. That was good. I like that. All right, man. So let's ask this question, man. 
Wait up, Dave. Before we get to Mark, on this next segment, let's do the questions, man. Right after this Mark Zuckerberg, give me two questions after Mark Zuckerberg. I bet. So here's my thing, y'all, and I've been telling y'all this. I was a believer in Facebook at 105. We bought more Facebook at 98. I believed in it. I believed in it because I understood the reason why we only had three more slides. All right, well, let's just stick with it. The reason why I believed in it was because even though Apple punched him in the face, I knew he had enough room to pivot. A great mind gonna always pivot. And whether we realize it or not, Mark Zuckerberg has truly changed a lot of stuff that happens in America. There's few companies that come along that are just revolutionary in their approach. Apple, revolutionary. General Electric, revolutionary. Microsoft, revolutionary. Just keeping it real. When we think about this, I say, okay, this is a stock that's getting beat up. But can he pivot? And he 100% did. If you want to learn about the pivot, we talk about it in other episodes. But here's what happens. This is the first quarter out of three quarters, the last three quarters, where he actually increased revenue for the first time. He grew revenue by 3%, bringing in $28.6 billion. Not only did he do that, he improved advertising revenue. He also improved user time. He also improved, watch this, annual, I mean, daily use per uh, user, monthly use per family, but he also increased monthly spend per family. Meaning, them ads you see over Instagram and Facebook, he increased the spin. Whether you believe it or not, people are clicking on those ads. They buying. And he getting something off of that. He increased it. He increased it. Then what did he do? Added the blue checks. No matter if you're saying he got it from Twitter, no matter that, but he made more money off it than them. So that added more money to the bottom line. And in case you don't know, in case you don't know, in its inception, so far, he's made $1 billion in blue checks. Blue check money. The first week, he made $750 million. Since its inception, he has generated $1 billion in revenue from the blue check. If you don't believe me, ask all of your friends, the females who are beautiful, who got something going with themselves, ask them how many blue checks they got in their DM right now with dudes with 200 followers. Ask your lady friends how many people, dudes, are in their DM 
with a thousand followers. At one point, they were probably on their DM if you had a blue check. Now, Paul Smith with 350 followers with a bunch of pictures of his pit bull, the cars in his yard, and a pair of G-Nikes is now DMing her. And she can't distinguish it until she opened the damn DM. <laughs> but I'm not mad at you, Mark. You know why? Because we own, at this point, 500 shares of Facebook stock. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. But also, I want you to show, look at this light. And one day, Mark Zuckerberg added $10 billion to his net worth. And it wasn't because he went out there and worked harder. It's because his asset grew in value. We laugh, we joke, but I want you to understand this. Your network increases the better you are at making investment decisions. Your network increases the better you are at making investment decisions. So the question I'm going to ask you is this. What are your thoughts? What are your behaviors? What is your relationship with money? What are your thoughts about money? What are your behaviors around money? What are your relationships with money? When you can understand and identify those three things, you can make better investment decisions. Your relationship with money keeps you from making better investments. Your thoughts around money help hinder you from making better investments. Your relationship with money and your behaviors around money hinder you from making better investments. The minute you identify those and regulate those relationships, the minute you can make better investment decisions. The minute you can change those, your thoughts, your behaviors, the minute you, and your emotions around money, you can make better investment decisions. Because the better you are making better investment decisions, the better you are at increasing your net worth without having to actually work for it every time. Now, don't get me wrong. Mark had to do a little work. That little work that he did allowed his stock to go up from $98 to $100 and something dollars, and over time, he added another $10 billion to his net worth. You may not add $10 billion, but what's a couple thousand to your net worth when you ain't got to work for it? What's 100000 to your net worth when you ain't got to work for it? What's a million to your net worth because you ain't got to work for it? Adding to your network catapults when you can make better investment decisions. Let's go a little further. I ain't going to stay there too long. All right, here's what I want us to look at, man. The possibilities of a recession, a deeper recession, has increased. And I want you to look at the pie. United Kingdom at 75%, New Zealand at 70%, United States at 60%, Germany is at 60%, Italy is at 60%, Canada is at 60%, France is at 50%, South Africa at 45%, Australia 40%, Russia 35%, 37%, Japan 35%, South Korea 30%, Mexico 27%, Spain 25%, Switzerland 20%, Brazil 15%, China 12%, Saudi Arabia, 5%. Indonesia, 2%. 
India 0% of a recession happening. The U.S. could lose roughly 3 million jobs. A worker with a 401k could account for $20,000 loss. A 30-year mortgage could cost you an additional, uh, additional $130,000. Bigger price tags for everyday items. Let's walk through that again. I want you to understand that this is factual. This is data. This is not me assuming. We put the work in and make sure you get the right information. U.S. jobs could roughly decrease by 3 million jobs. Mind you, Jerome Powell said he need about 2 million more jobs to be lost. The possibilities of us going deeper in this recession are right in our face. But watch this, y'all. What happens when those 3 million jobs get lost and half of them get replaced with AI? I don't want you to forget that part. I want you to, I want you to not forget that part. I want you to understand that if 3 million jobs get lost, only about 1.5 million of them coming back because AI going to take half of them. Because you know what they're going to say? If you gone, I ain't got to bring you anyway. Let's go a little deeper. A worker with a 401k could lose an additional $20,000 to the 401k. Mind you, they lost 30000 last year. So now you're talking about losing 50000 in two years. You done lost a whole three-quarters of the portfolio probably. A 30-year mortgage could add on an additional $130,000. We talking about, we, we talk about crippling some people, y'all. I need you to pay attention to what's going on. Let's go a little further there. And I got to hit this. This is important for me. Mortgage fees, we talked about this last week with this Joe Biden thing. Mortgage fees, overall fees to borrowers up to 0.4%. Um, 6.5% now become 6.54%. Fees change depending on down payment and credit score. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. A 640 to a 659 credit score could be paying about an additional $7,875,000 on a mortgage. A 740 to a 759 could be paying an additional $3,062 on a mortgage because it's based on a credit score. But here's what I want us to understand about this too. I did some research on something, man. We last week we talked about redlining. And now I want to talk about the 1956 Federal Aid Highway Act. This act hindered black and low-income communities because they placed highways through those up-and-coming communities. When you go look at Black Wall Street, one of the things that happened once Black Wall Street did decide to rebuild and did get up and going, guess what they did? Put a highway through it. If you go to Miami in Overtown, that was a thriving community at one time. Guess what happened? Guess what they did? Threw a highway through it. 
If you go to New Orleans, up and coming areas in New Orleans that was coming up, guess what they did? Threw a highway through it. Memphis, threw a highway through it. St. Louis, threw highways through it. Chicago, highways. North Carolina, highways. The highways went into predominant and affluent black areas that were up and coming. And they divided you, they sold your home, and they put you in another poor part where they wanted you to go at, which also aided what? Redlining. If we can't get you out of the way, we're going to now create a $56 billion million build that will now drive highways 100% through the areas that you are coming up. Jackson Ward, highway. Durham, North Carolina, highway. And we can, New York, highway. So another way that they hurt you and hindered you through redlining was through building highways through your areas. So, again, I'm telling y'all, I'm not mad at the credit score situation because owning a home has been one of the ways they have depleted black and lower class, middle class wealth. It's one of the ways they depleted it. Because owning a home was for a lot of people the way that we attained wealth. It was the way that we put people in play. It was the way that we put generations in play. It was how we thought longer. You know what? I'm going to buy this house and my kid's going to grow up here. I want to pass the house down to my kid. I want to pass the house down to my grandkid. They understood the value over time will go over, will go up in time. So this was how they passed well down to us. But guess what they did? Nope, we're going to run a highway through it. And guess what they did in Wall Street, Black Wall Street? Not only did they run a highway through it, they built a baseball field up. What baseball team is in Tulsa, Oklahoma? They had the audacity to not even do a major league team. It's some type of minor league team or some type of other baseball field. Why would you build that in a historic... All the places you got to build a baseball field, you build it in historic Tulsa, Oklahoma. Don't tell me that ain't intentional. So I'm telling you, it is premeditated. It is premeditated why you can't build wealth. Why it's so hard for you to overcome. So I want you to understand before we complain about certain things, I want you to understand that so much stuff was intentionally done to you to prohibit, to hinder, to anchor you to poverty. But guess what, yo? You got to keep fighting. I ain't saying pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I'm saying that a lot of communities haven't had to overcome the things that black people have had to overcome to build wealth in America. But guess what? You got to keep fighting, fam. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep getting the information. You got to keep going forward. You can't lay down. You can't woe is me. You can't give up. You got to keep fighting. 
and you got to take the information that you have and you got to pass it down. Even if, your informa even if your information says, you know what, I'm the first one to buy stocks. You know what, I'm the first one to buy a home. You know what, I'm the first one to start a business. All that information, you need to pass that down to the next generation because they're going to need it. You know why? Because more roadblocks going to be built. More obstacles going to be put in place. More laws, more policies going to be put in place. And if you don't put yourself in a situation to learn, how your people going to be put in a situation to earn? If you don't put yourself in a situation to fight back, if you don't put, listen, the only way you can build wealth is go back and look at the history of it. You're trying to build wealth from a place that ain't never been. I don't even know what I'm doing. No, you don't. Go back and look what we'll put in place to hinder your people. Go put back and look in place and see what they did to keep it from building wealth. Go look back and see how they just took it from you. Go look at how many black farmers had land where they came in and just took the land from them. Tobacco, took it from them. Cotton, took it from them. Corn, took it from them. Let's go a little further. What do you think the Civil War was all about? What do you think the Civil War was all about? The Civil War was about one group of people saying, hell no, we make our money off slavery. Them people went even as far as creating their own flag. Them people went and created their own flag and said, hey, this flag represents us saying we ain't giving up slavery. This is how we make your money. You up not do what you won't do. And they went to war for it. They went to war against armies. We talking about farmers. We talking about slave owners. We talking about people that went to war for your people being enslaved. We talking about the same people that said, you know what? Since you want to free the slaves, guess what I'm going to do? Guess what? You free, where you going to go at? You ain't got nowhere to go at. Guess what? Come work the land for me. All right, I'm going to work the land for you. And for some reason, we in our mind, because we good-hearted, we felt like they was going to do good business with us. But guess what? They not only charge us for the house, they not only charge us for the clothes, they charge us for the tools, they charge us for everything. And they up the price on us. So at the end of the year, when we say, yo, this the money we made, they say, yep, we made this money, but guess what? You owe me for this, 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 and this. And guess what? Because you didn't pay it on time, I'm going to add tax on it. I'm going to add interest on it. That's where interest comes from, fam. They put interest on your mama. They put interest on your daddy. They put interest on your great-grandmother. They put interest on your great-grandfather. They put interest on your great-uncle. They put interest on your great-nieces. They put interest on everybody to get out of slavery. So they made sure you couldn't get out of it. So God damn it, don't tell me that you got to just pull yourself up from the bootstraps. You got to study where it come from. You got to study why you couldn't attain wealth to know why it's important for you to go get wealth. I told you in the beginning, it got to mean something to you. Because if it don't mean nothing to you, you ain't going to be committed to the journey. You ain't building wealth just for yourself. You keep thinking it's about you. It ain't about you. It's about your great-grandmother. It's about your grandfather. It's about your grandfather who they took his manhood from when they whipped him and beat him in front of his family so they can emasculate him, so he can make him feel like he wasn't nothing because they knew he was a bull. Because they know he was a big dog. Because they know he was a leader. Because they knew he was a... <sighs> so they tied him up to the horses and pulled him. 
So they whooped him until they cried for mercy and they left him there. And they left him there so his kids could see him, so his grandkids could see him. So the mother can say, I don't want you to be like your father. So then she, she raised a submissive man. So she raised submissive grandchildren. That's right. That's right. That's right. They whipped him. They beat him. They took all the man out of him. And I don't mean they took it from him physically. They took it from him till when he tried to buck up, they beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him until he gave his life for being a man. And so then your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your sisters, all the thing they did was they went in protection mode. So they said, nope, I don't want you to be like your grandfather. Even though he was a great man, I don't want you to be like him because I don't want the master to whoop you like that. So she raised a submissive man. So she raised a man that didn't know how to look another man in his eyes. So she raised a man that was willing to let his wife get raped in front of him, not because he didn't want to fight for him, because that was all he was taught. He was taught submission. And at the same time, she taught that child, she taught her daughter, she taught her granddaughter how to take the man's place. She taught her how, she taught her how to be the protector because she was the one protecting her family. She was the one, fight, she was the one, it's okay, he raped me, it's okay, I'm protecting my family, it's okay, I'm gonna wash him down, I'm protecting our family. You don't know, now it's a beef, because now the man fighting to be a man and the woman saying, you don't know what I'm doing to protect us, and he's saying, I'm trying to protect us, but I can't. So you think building roads is about you? Nah, man, you tripping. You tripping. This ain't about you. It's about turning your last name into an asset because watch this. They may not be whooping them with a chain in front of you right now, but guess what? They're putting them on dresses in front of TV. Guess what? They're making them go on apology tours on TV and chastising them. They're chastising their salary. They're chastising their voice. You rap about what I say you rap about. You portray the image on TV, I say you portray if you won't get this money. You do what I say you do. And so that man come home every day because he ain't got no voice. In Cosmopolitan Magazine, they lied to our women. They made them join that goddamn feminist movement, making them think that the white woman was promiscuous, making them think that the white woman was who they wanted to be like. And the woman came back and said, we shared lies for all those years. We wanted to change the movement. Birth control became a thing. You know why abortion was a thing back then? Because women said they was put in a situation either the jobs then didn't want pregnant women to be working. They didn't want pregnant women to be working. So the women rebelled against that. Oh, you ain't know? Go look it up. Go look it up. And so Cosmopolitan Magazine, they spread them lies for years. You know what propaganda is? Propaganda is a little bit of truth mixed with a whole bunch of lies to make people believe and think a certain way. And if I do it long enough, I say it long enough, I put it in your face long enough, guess what you're going to do? You're going to believe it. So guess what happened over time? Guess who got affected over time and made the black woman say, you know what? Guess what? I don't need a black man anyway. I want to be liberated. What I'm going to be submissive for? I'm going to be liberated. But not realizing that for us collectively, we ain't dealing with what they've been doing. White women, and, white women and white men been living a whole different world. As a black community, as a culture, we have always uprised together, not just separate. 
together as a unit, as a black man, as a black woman, as black children. Together, we have came and uprise. Together, we have come into prominence. Together, we have become affluent. But guess what they said? Welfare. Welfare. What? We know they're listening. We know they're listening. Dials, I see you. Hey, we know they're listening. We know they're listening, but guess what, y'all? We don't care. We know they're listening, but we don't care. We still willing to stand on our voice. And I know y'all still willing to rock with me. We don't care. I told y'all earlier, we got marching orders. I told y'all earlier, this is a financial revolution. It don't, it don't look, it don't come easy. We got to be willing to stand 10 toes down. We got to be willing to say, I right, bet they put us down, we're going to come back. And I'm going to tell y'all like I was saying before, the same way with Cosmopolitan Magazine, that's what they did then after that. Welfare. Guess what happened with welfare? Black woman, you can't have no black man in this house to make certain amount of money. If you got a black man in this house, guess what? You can't get this welfare. And they put the black woman in a bad situation because they put her in a situation and she said, do I want to have a man in my home or am I trying to take care of my kids? And guess what? That government cheese, them eggs, that milk, them canned goods, and that time, it was needed. And you put her in a bad situation. And I'm not blaming her. I ain't saying she chose greed. I ain't saying she chose material things. She chose her family. She said, you know what? Man, I need it. But here's what happens in those situations. Once you get it for so long, guess what? You don't want to give it up. It's a little bit easier to take government assistance because who wants to struggle? Who wants to be poor? Not knowing that ain't even helping our situation. It ain't helping. It's hurting. But in the moment, you won't see it. It's like the frog. They say if you put a frog in a pot of warm water and you turn the hot water, you turn the gas up gradually, he ain't gonna even know he's cooking. Guess what? We ain't even know we was cooking. She ain't even know she was cooking. She was trying to figure out this is the best thing to do for her. Instead of me trying to fight and say she chose greed, or she, I'm saying, listen, you put her in a situation to make a decision, and guess what she did? She did what she always was told to do. She was told to be a protector. She, she forgot what it was like to have a man provide. Because guess what? The black man was still fighting his battle. He was still trying to fight his battle. He was trying to stick out. He was figuring out what it was to be a black man in America. Guess what it looked like? Go look at James Evans on Good Times. Go look at it. It's real. It ain't fake. And so there's always been a plot against you, black man. There's always been a plot against you, black woman. There's always been a plot against you, black child. But guess what? I don't care what nobody say. I ain't got to be anti nothing to be pro-black. I won't see my people win. I won't see my people eat. I won't see my people live. I won't see my people survive. I'm tired of us being the 90% in the prison system. I'm tired of us being the number one spenders, but we making a less amount of money. I'm tired of us being at the bottom of the people that's attaining wealth. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. But guess what? Just because I'm tired don't mean I'm going to stop fighting. It mean I got to fight more. It mean you got to fight more. That's what it mean. 
That's what it means. It means you got to fight more. You ain't got to make the excuses. We already know what it is. It's an evident truth. You can't deny the facts. I don't got time to be fighting with people over facts that we all know exist. I won't be solution-based. I won't take action. I'm an executor. I ain't got time to be fighting you over what slavery real or not. I ain't got time to be fighting you over if black is a word or not. I ain't got time to be fighting you over the fact that if we come from, if we came from Africa, if some of us were here already, I ain't got time to fight with you behind that. What I do got time to fight with you behind is why there's inadequate wealth in our society. Why is it more of us in prison than it ain't? Why are more of us on drugs than it ain't? Why are more of us getting attacked? Why are more of us getting killed by police than it ain't? I got time to make solutions about that. I ain't got time to be fighting with you behind if we came from Africa or not. That ain't the fight I won't fight. That, that ain't my fight. That, that ain't what I won't fight with you behind. That ain't what time I won't argue with you behind that. I'm gonna be real with you. I ain't got time to be arguing with you behind if the Hebrews are white or black. I don't listen, what I got time to fight with you and all what's the solution to get us from where we at now to being prominent? What's the solution to getting us from where we at now to being affluent? How do we get back to Black Wall Street? How do we get back to Rosewood? How do we get back to Durham, North Carolina? How do we get back to Jackson Wall? How do we get back? How does Atlanta become what it was? How do we get back to more people of our color now producing stuff that help us move forward? How do we get back? I don't got time to be fighting about what happened. What are we doing? What are we fighting behind that for? What are we fighting behind that for? I'm trying to figure out why they're pushing so much murder music in my community. I'm trying to make it fight why it's okay for me to want to kill another black man. Why, why he ain't valuing his life. Why I ain't valuing his life. I need to fight behind that. That's what I want to fight you behind. I want to fight you. How do we bring more value to us as black men and black women? How do we add more value? I don't got time to be fighting with you behind if you will kill him. I'm a killer, but I don't care. But here's my thing. I ain't going to lie. I went to prison for attempt murder. And I'm going to tell that black man something right now on this channel. Black man, you only did what you did to me because you are a product of your environment. Somebody told you to rob me. You was conditioned to rob me. You saw me making money. But I'm a product of that too. Because that same environment told me it was okay to sell crack in my community. That same environment told me it was okay to shoot you six times because you robbed me. Black man, I apologize for that. I apologize for that. Because I was influenced by the same things that influenced you. We both were products. We both lost in that situation. You got hindered by my gun violence. I went to prison for 10 years. We both lost. Both of our families felt with that. The justice system made money off me and you because for the longest, I gloated off being able to hit you. And I know for the longest, you had a situation with me. Black man, I apologize to you for that. I apologize to you for that, bro. Because if them bullets wouldn't went over a couple ways, you wouldn't be here. I apologize to you for that, bro. And I hope you one day see this message. I hope somebody seen this. You still alive, brother. I hope you ain't get caught up in that. I apologize to you because we both got brainwashed. We both were trying to justify being a gangster. And I'm going to go a little further. To the queen who set me up, you know who you are. I, I, I forgive you because you was in survival mode too. 
you seen a young dude making a whole lot of money and you thought about a come up. I, I forgive you. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. I'm in a different season of my life. So I ain't judging nobody that's going through it, but I understand the same system that programmed me is the same system that programmed you. The same system that fed me the poison is the same system that fed you the poison. And so I apologize to you, black man, and I, I forgive you, queen, because you ain't even know no better. We got to change, y'all. I'm telling y'all that each and every day we at war. Each and every day, we are at war. We fighting for our life. We fighting for our family. We fighting for our survival. Black man, they need us. Black woman, they need you. We need you. We need you, queen, to understand your words. We need you, queen, to understand that you are the mother of our children. You not a baby mama. You not a BM. You not a bitch. You not a hoe. You not a slut. You a queen. We just got to help you find your value if you don't know it. Black man, it's on us to help her find our value. But we got to understand our value. That's where we at, y'all. That's where we at, y'all. And if we don't change, if we don't evolve, we're gonna keep repeating the cycle. All right, man, let's go a little further, man. Where we at, baby? 1-800-TRAVEL-HOTLINE. So this segment is called 1-800-TRAVEL-HOTLINE. This segment is all about me listening to you. So if you're in a master of the triple beam or you're in a triple beam team, bring your questions on. Let's go, y'all. Hey, what's up, Trap? This is Keith out of Virginia. Uh, my question is, uh, before I found you, man, and really learned and started to take this journey on how to understand the market, made some pretty bad investments, um, a couple of which have tanked on me. So I'm down, you know, 60, 80 percent on them. Just wanted to know, you know, what is your what is your advice on whether I should just eat the loss and ride out or just hold on so I can take the tax break? Uh, what do you think? Um, so I don't think that you should, depending on it, sitting on the loss. Run it again, Dave. Let me hear it again. I want to make sure I get it right. Hey, what's up, Trap? This is Keith out of Virginia. Uh, my question is, uh, before I found you, man, and really learned and started to take this journey on how to understand the market, made some pretty bad investments, um, a couple of which have tanked on me. So I'm down, you know, 60, 80% on them. Just wanted to know, you know, what is your what is your advice on whether I should just eat the loss and ride out or just hold on so I can take the tax break? Uh, what do you think? So the worst thing we can do right now is take an L in this environment because we don't we don't understand how the market can change. What I will say is. Go look at the companies themselves, and because I didn't hear the name of the company, I want you to go do the research and see if the company has a great balance sheet or income statement. Because a lot of companies got beat up last year, and they didn't just turn around this year, and we didn't average down. Because even this, NVIDIA is up right now, but it's still down 30% from its high. So all of that matters. I, want, I don't want to tell you necessarily just take the L. I want you to go look at the caliber of the company. 
And when you look at the caliber of a company, let's say you, let's say you invested in AMC, uh, a, a, a bad company, then I'm going to say, bro, like, take the L at the end of the year, let's move forward. But if it's a quality company that just has some growth involved, then I don't mind you holding on to it and averaging into it. You feel what I'm saying? Let's average into it. That's my answer to that, man. Good question, Queen. Next. Hi, Trap. This is Elle. Thank you so much for what you do in our community. My question is regarding fintech. I took your fintech course a while back, and I bought three stocks, um, Affirm, SoFi, and Bill. And my bad is I didn't really watch it, and I was just buying and hold, and it's dropped between 70 to 90%. And I'd like to know your opinion on what to do with them. Do I hold on and wait for it to go up and maybe sell it a, bit, a little bit higher and still take a loss, or do I just buy and hold for like a five-year term? long perspective, or do you think that maybe I just take a loss now? So thank you so much for your help. Bye. Man, so <laughs> a firm is a tough one. I'm not going to lie because now you're talking about it going back to $200. I don't know. Um, I think that one we may be, I think that one we may have to take an L on. With Bill, I think I like Bill. I still like Bill. Um, I think it'll definitely make a good run. I just think we in a situation right now um, in an environment that's not rewarding fintech as it should, but that environment will come. But um, a firm, mm, SoFi, I, I kept telling people I never was a fan of SoFi like that. Um, but so far in the firm, I don't know. Bill, I think you can hold on to it. I think Bill, I think you average into it a little more. I think Bill to turn around for you. That's my answer to that, Queen. Thank you. You're so cool with the shades on. All right, next. All right, so next is Trap by Gerald Alexander. Trap, what's your strategy for managing your daughter's custodial account? I have two young daughters and open custodial accounts for them both. I purchased them some shares of VOO, and I've been adding money to their accounts, but I haven't made money moves otherwise. First of all, salute to you, family, for having a custodial account for your young queens. We definitely, uh, we definitely love that. Uh, my approach for my daughter is, I'm not going to lie, I am super aggressive with my daughter. Her custodial account is heavy growth. So for her, she has roadblocks. She has Tesla. She has Facebooks. She got Roblox, Tesla, Facebook, uh, Apple, uh, Lululemon, um, PayPal. Um, and I got, I'm kind of aggressive for her. Um, I don't play it too safe because she has time to grow. You know what I'm saying? So because she's seven, I've been investing in for her since she's two. She can't touch it since she's 18. So I do take a little more, I take a little more risk. I think she has like a weed stock in there. I think she has cannabis grow up in there. Uh, so I kind of move it around like that, but it's heavy growth. Very few dividend paying companies in her, in her portfolio for sure. So that's my answer to that, man. Great job, man. Love it, love it, love it. Let's move a little further. All right, man, this has become a new segment that the people love. 
this segment, before we go to the segment, let's go to a commercial right quick. What's good, Trappers, man? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. Right now, I want to invite you to an amazing experience full of value. That is my community, Trappers Anonymous. It's 100% the greatest fundamental investing community on the market. Listen, your portfolio should be a masterpiece. And the only way we get you there is if we help you to learn how to invest with confidence. Now, listen, I get it. Like, you don't know a lot about stocks or maybe you've heard people say how much money they lost in stocks, but I can guarantee you, one, because they weren't in the community, and two, they lack the information. Our goal in Travis Anonymous is to help you, really to hold your hand on the journey to becoming a confident investor, learning how to navigate through the different events that the stock market goes through to take you from panic to encouragement. There's no better time than now. This is an opportunity only for those who are willing to be on the journey. So listen, man, click the link below. Come join me in Travis Anonymous, man. I will see you in one of our many classes, whether it's Moat Monday, whether it's the two-hour class we do on Sunday, or whether it's just the book club. Everything is geared toward making you a better investor so you can triple your network and turn your last name to an asset. It's your boy, Wall Street Traveler. See you in the trap. All right, so uh, another company I have for my daughter outside of uh, Canopy Growth is uh, uh, IIPR. Uh, but we've been had that for a while. I think we got it at maybe like $70 or something like that. So she been rocking for a little while with it. It's all good. All right, so <sighs> we almost there, y'all. <laughs> we had an issue. All right, so this segment here has been heavy. Um, a lot of people, after I introduced this segment last week, a lot of people been like, bruh, that's my favorite segment right there, Trap. I don't know why y'all like, tell me why y'all like this segment so much, but people love it, man. People like, Trap, that flush of the flipping segment, it's the real deal. So, I listen to y'all. I bring it back. So we bring it back, man. This segment is called Flush of the Flip It. Uh, before we do that, Jose, let's put the, the link in for the live. So we have a live Trapping Tuesdays for May the 23rd. Uh, the link is there. We only have 65 seats. I think right now we have 50 seats available. It is the, uh, May 23rd. 65 seats is $97. So definitely... You want to come, come. It's here in Atlanta, Georgia. You come to the studio. Y'all already know, man, this live in person is amazing. All right, let's go, man. Flush it or flip it. I love this segment. Actually, Tootie liked this segment, too. Tootie said, man, I like that segment, dog. All right, so first, Uber. Man, Uber has reported profitable last quarter. And then after they reported profitability, the stock has been doing well. What do I like, Trap? Uber, flush it or flip it. I like it. Uh, Estee Lauder, ah. So because I know women love their beauty products, 
No matter where we are, because I like Ulta Beauty and they're a competitor, I will not rebel against it. Because white women love Estee Lauder. We gonna flip it. We gonna flip it. We gonna flip it. We gonna flip it. Shell. Mm. Now, because I think ExxonMobil and because I think Chevron are the way to go, I'm a flush shell. I'm a flush shell. Apple. Now, y'all know my saying, an apple stock a day, keep the poverty away. All right. <laughs> DraftKings. All right, man. Sports betting is at an all-time high. Sports betting is going crazy. DraftKings is up big this year. We're going to flush it. I mean, we're going to flip it. We're going to flush DraftKings, y'all. I ain't going to mad at it. AMC. We ain't, I ain't more, I ain't worrying about no AMC, man. AMD. <laughs> the thing about AMD is they're taking so much work from Intel. And Lisa Su is such an amazing CEO. <laughs> Starbucks. The bank that sells coffee. Listen, I'm going to keep it real, y'all. Even though I own it, I'm going to keep it real. I've owned it for a long time. I think they are having management issues. Uh, for some reason, the balance sheet isn't the best. I still like the goddamn caramel macchiato upside down oat milk, uh, venti. I still like it. Venti, you know what I'm saying? I still like it. And I'm a flush. I'm here to make money. I can, I don't, you did? I'm here to make money. Once they get their CEO situation right, I'm all right. Wingstop. Shout to my dog, Rick Ross, man. Shout to my guy, the lemon pepper wings. I'm going to say something, y'all. I'm going to say something. The chat going crazy because I flushed Starbucks. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Listen, I like the upset, y'all. I want y'all to show it to my dog. Rick Ross is my guy, man. And I'm going to tell y'all something. Wingstop doesn't have the best balance sheet, but that stock has performed well over the last five years, one year, three months, even during this recession. That goddamn wing stop has been performing. I'm going to say... We're going to flip ring stop, man. 
We're going to flip it. We're going to flip it. <sighs> Shopify. Now, because we understand that everybody got these Shopify's and e-commerce is a thing, but guess what, bro? For some reason, they have not managed to get it right over there. For some reason, they man have not managed to get it right. The stock is not doing good. The stock hasn't done good for a long time. So here's what I'm going to say to Wingstop. I mean, here's what I'm going to say to Shopify. Hey, this segment of Fix It or Flush It is almost, it's over. Here's what I want to say, man. Do me a favor. Let's drop the Apple podcast, the Apple audio in the chat. Listen, man. Uh, download that, y'all. Send that out. Trap Apparel, y'all been keeping G busy. You know what I'm saying? So Trap Apparel, let's drop that in there. Let's download the uh, audio, man. I love you. I appreciate y'all. Let's get going. Listen, the audio helps us grow. When you all download... Uh, <laughs> hey, I say, let me say something right quick. Do y'all love fix it, flush it up, flip it? Do y'all love that segment? Y'all love that segment? Just let's take a minute. Let me look in the chat for a second. Do y'all love flush it up, flip it? Is that a pop? Y'all like that? Let me see in the chat. No, say thumbs down. Yes, give me the trapping scale, the triple beam. Give me the fire. Give me the hearts. Let me know if y'all like fix it up. <laughs> The people love flushing up, flipping, man. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. So, and I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm a, I, the thing about flushing up, flipping is y'all not going to always agree with me. And because it's not always based on the fundamental. I'm going to give a little bit, but that's what I like about flushing up, flipping. I like flushing up, flipping. Flushing up, flipping. <laughs> All right, man, let's go, man. Uh, this, man, y'all already know, man, this segment is breaking down a brick. This is the segment where we take a company, we break it down, so give you some hindsight. I'm not always telling you, I'm not telling you to invest in the company. I'm just saying, oh, I see my girl, Sabrina J. She in there. She worked out with me this morning, man. Uh, she was online working out. In case y'all don't know, every morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, I get in my garage because I got this new gym in the garage, and I work out every morning. I got my guy. Um, my Aki, uh, he trains me, and we just let, because people need training partners and people need accountability partners, he was like, bro, I'm, I'm going to do it. I got you. So he, he literally trains me every morning at 8 o'clock Eastern time. We do it on the live, and this morning he whooped my butt, man, with them goddamn back. That wasn't, tomorrow we got legs. Glad that's on a Wednesday. I <laughs> flush that down workout. <laughs> flush that down workout. I'm a fake not get up in the morning. All right, man. So breaking down a brick, let's get into it. This week's breaking down a brick is none other than Google. Ticker symbol G-O-O-G-L and G-O-O-G. What I will tell you is. Always get G-O-O-G-L. You want the class A. You want the class A. Let's go a little further. 
Let's get into it. So, Alphabet, this is how they make money, man. Operating expenses, uh, sales and marketing, we looking at high. But listen, we talking about Wise. We talking about the Waze app. We talking about Google. We talking about Google Cloud. We talking about Google Services. We talking about Google Others. Bets, we talking about YouTube. Google is a machine. Total revenue for 2022 is $279 billion. You can say $280 billion in revenue in 2022. That was crazy. Let's go a little further. All right, so this is how they make money. Operate revenue by geographical region. The United States brought in $134 billion. Uh, other Americas brought in $17 billion. Asia Pacific brought in $47 billion. And Europe brought in $82 billion. Operating revenues by segment. The, clock, the Google services make up 89% of the revenue. Uh, the cloud, no, I'm sorry, the cloud. The cloud makes up 9% of the revenue. The services make up 5.3, billion of the revenue. God dang, yo. And the Google Cloud makes up 26% of the revenue. Let's go a little further. How they actually making the money? So we see the Google Play. I want to get into the specifics. Uh, the Google search make, brings in... Uh, 149 billion. The Google network itself brings in 31 billion. Um, YouTube ads bring in 28 billion. Google Play brings in 28 billion. The Google Cloud brings in 19 billion. So we did was we gave you an idea of what segments make the money, and then we broke down which services actually make the money. And when it comes to digital advertising, and to end the year in 2022, Google buy a landslide. And actually, into 2023, Google is still by a landslide because you have Google and YouTube, and that is crazy. Let's go a little further. And we'll get into it, man. Revenues is up, uh, have increased 22% year over year over the last seven years. Net income has increased by 23% over the last seven years. Let's go a little further. The free cash flow has increased by 17% over the last seven years. And the earnings per share is up 24%, has increased year over year over the last seven years. This is amazing. Google is a profit-making machine. Let's go a little further. Um, but the one thing I will say about Google is they're about to, I'm not saying they're going to be in a fight for their life with Microsoft um, because Microsoft is trying to do a search engine and people want what they want and people are used to just Googling. They're not used to Microsofting. People are not used to Microsofting. They're used to Googling. And so, honestly, I don't know if I think it's worth Microsoft's effort to trying to become another search engine. I think sometimes you just got to let stuff be what it be. Right? Sometimes you don't, you don't need to compete with them in certain areas. And I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if it's the smartest thing for Microsoft to do. Um, let's go a little further. So price to earning versus its peers is good, meaning how much you can get for $1 the company's earning. Um, price to earning versus the industry is good. The P.E. ratio is good. Right now, we actually think it's kind of below fair value, significantly below fair value in the analyst forecast. Watch this. Google does have some debt, but the debt is paid off, being paid off by the cash. Um, they're not reducing the debt drastically enough, and that's because it's a growth company. They still see growth. They're still in technology. It is what it is. 
um, the debt is covered well by operating cash flow. For all of my people that don't know anything about debt, if you're a trap master or you're in Travis Anonymous, you know this. We love for companies to be able to pay off the debt with operational cash flow, meaning the money they make from operations make enough for cash flow, not the other stuff that they do, like investments and other businesses. The operations alone are enough for them to pay the debt. And lastly, we have the interest coverage ratio. This tells us how good a company is at paying off its debt. Let's go, man. I like to give you a broader perspective when I look at a company. I don't want you to just look at it from face value. I want you to look at the company from different avenues and different perspectives. So if you're in lottery pick, if you're in a Patreon, if you're in a lottery pick, if you're in the Masters of the Triple Beam or if you're in a Triple Beam team, tomorrow you will have the price point for Google. And also I want to say this, I want to take a minute to say this. Um, I went to California last week, man. If you're in Cali, man, I went there sway in the morning. Man, that was so dope. Um, but I promise you that timing threw me completely off. For some reason, it was a five-hour flight. I think they had extra heavy wind. So it wound up being like a, a five-hour flight. And I promise you, that five-hour flight plus the three-hour time change, it threw me off for about four days, bro. When I got back home, I was supposed to do something with Master the Triple Beam, and I just couldn't. I was still trying to shake back. So let me just tell my people in the Patreon, thank you all for being so patient with me, man. I, didn't, I was supposed to get them the information Wednesday. I didn't get it to them until Saturday. But I gave y'all a dope sleeper. I gave y'all a price point for Nike, and I gave y'all a cold-blooded stock. So thank y'all for just um, being patient with me on that, not tripping, not, man, Trap, where you at? I need to get this. I need it. Y'all was patient with me, and I just want to tell y'all, thank y'all for the patience, and thank y'all, because that time change threw me completely off. Then to hop back on a plane and do it again to come back home, I was just out of it. I was, I was trying, I was like, bro, I can't research. My head hurt. I'm dizzy. I'm sleepy. <laughs> like, I was just out of it, and it took me a day or two to get back right. So thank y'all for just, again, being patient with me in the Masters of the Triple Beam and my Travis Anonymous, I didn't get the post last week for y'all. I only posted two things, and then we did the work Sunday. So thank y'all, too, for Travis Anonymous, Master of the Triple Beam. I just want to say how dope y'all are. I got to shout y'all out because any other group of people would have been tripping. Man, this is a scam. This ain't this. Yo, I was just tired. I just, <laughs> I didn't have it in me to research. No, I didn't have it in me. I just was out of it. So thank y'all. Masters of the Triple Beam, Travis Anonymous, man, thank y'all. Travis Anonymous, you know, I, I used to do it on Tuesdays, but I'm a, I always make up for the Tuesday on Wednesday because of Trap and Tuesdays. So tomorrow I got y'all. We did a dope segment Monday. We did a dope class Sunday. So I always got to just tell y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. All right, uh, let's go, man. 1-800-TRAPPER hotline. What we look like? I say, wow, what's down with the trap, baby? You heard me? I say, look, it's big love, bro, and it's big respect. It's so saying to everything that you and the team is contributing to the movement, bro, because it's over necessary. You see what I'm saying? But my name Greg, bro, and I'm brand new to the studies. You see what I'm saying? I'm on there jumping off the porch, and I'm studying the Wall Street trapping course, brand new to the Triple Bean team and the Trappers Anonymous. You dig? So my question to you is, are there any 
other additional examples out there of you or somebody on a team breaking down a company and finding a price point, uh, in addition to the ones that you had in the module and without using the triple beam device. You see what I'm saying? Just in case, you know what I'm saying? You always won't know how to do it the manually way if need be. You feel me? Show what you got for me on that one, brother. But it's big love and big respect. Thank you again. See, bro, I love my people from the city. I know you from the city because he started off with saying, Wah. first of all, that's a universal. What's that, baby? Second of all, he added an aura to point. So he said, perk. Get that. Love it. It's my guy. It's fam. Salute, king. Third of all, he got the, looked like he got the dicky suit on. I'm clutch with that. I, I got to pull mine out. I got like four of them at the crib. You hear me? If you got some G-Nikes on, I already know what hood you from, too. Depending on your shoes, I know what hood he from. Depending on the shoes. What's good, King? So, yep. So, first of all, let me just salute to you for just being that dedicated to investing in yourself. He said, yo, I took the jumping off the porch. I'm on a triple beam team, and I'm in Travis Anonymous. Let's just stop right there. Let me salute you, King, because that's the type of dedication I be having. Like, I be wanting access to everything. Don't play with me. So, yep, they do. Watch this, King. If you go in Travis Anonymous, go look up Enterprise Value Formula. I have a whole breakdown on how to find the value of a business using the enterprise value formula. It's the simplest way that I got broke down for you, and you can use it. The way I break it down on the sheet in there is cold-blooded. Also, if you're in Travis Anonymous, every Sunday, if you don't do nothing else, every Sunday, King, make sure you're in the two-hour live from the kitchen. What we do inside the live from the kitchen is... There's four trappers. Shout out to Lieutenant Casey. We're going to use three or four trappers every week. They're different. They're going to present a company, and they're going to break that whole company down, and prop at least two of them will give you a price point, and they probably got the price point from using the enterprise value formula. So, yep, shout out. Matter of fact, if you go in a group tomorrow, if you go in this group in the morning, ask for... Queen Tory, ask for Lieutenant Casey, ask for Lieutenant Lala or myself, and say, say, trap, man, point me in the direction of that, of that enterprise form you, formula, and we gonna straight up put you in there. And I won't say this, Lieutenant Tory, I gotta make you a lieutenant because you are so active. I done said that a month from now and I still ain't did it. I apologize. I'm gonna send that, I'm gonna send that SOS out tonight because you cold-blooded inside the goddamn chat. Let's go a little further. What's up, Jose? It's Chris. Um, I'm new to the Travers community, but I just wanted to know, is First Republic Bank a good stock to buy and hold? I feel like J.P. Morgan Chase, they've been doing numbers, so I just want to know y'all opinion on it. Appreciate y'all. What's good, what's good, King? So I'm going to be real, in this moment right here, if you're going to invest in the banks, just me personally, I only want to invest in the big four. I'm going to just say, per I'm not saying they're a bad bank or not, but I'm saying right now, in this environment, I only want to invest in the big four. Me personally, J.P. Morgan. You know what I'm saying? That's the one I bet in. 
or the opposite side of that, I would say Goldman Sachs. But the reason why I'm going to stray away from Goldman Sachs right now in this environment is because they make more money when there's IPOs going out. When there's IPOs going, because Goldman Sachs do a lot of underwriting. They're a wealth management bank. And so because a lot of M&A not going on, Goldman Sachs not going to run, but it may present a great opportunity. I don't know. We're going to figure out why they doing that, y'all, with them commercials, because that ain't new. That's some new crap they're trying to pull off. Uh, but I would say stick to the big four, King. I'm not going to say if you're in it, I'm not going to tell you get out of it. I want you to do the homework on it. But definitely rock with the big four. And for me, it's J.P. Morgan because they're going to win all the time, for sure. Let's go a little further. Shout out to Khadija. I see you, queen. I want to salute Khadija, man. She's been killing it. She's been, you know, rocking with me for a little while, for a long while, for maybe a year plus. She came to my first workshop, and she's been killing it. She done learned how to trade now. She been... She, and Khadija, you missed class. Trap Master started Monday. You missed it. We got you come because I gave him some game. All right, let's go. Uh, from Nikki, no, Nick, I'm sorry. Nick says, for someone who comes from a chart analysis, tech analysis background, such as reading red flag patterns or head and shoulders patterns, how do you balance the mindset between trusting the research of the financials, economic markets, and trying to avoid negative patterns? That's a good one. So what I will say is this, King. Watch this. Using both is amazing, right? You, you use both when you do this. Use the fundamentals to decide if it's a great company that you belong in. Oh, this is good. This is how we're going to use. This is how we, man, this is a good, I love that question. This is how we're going to get a technical trader a technical analysis person, and a fundamental analysis is how we're going to marry the two because now you become unstoppable, right? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to use the fundamentals to tell you if it's a great company. You're going to use the fundamentals to understand the balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement. You're going to use the fundamentals to understand what the company is worth. You're going to use the fundamentals to see how the company has returned um, to shareholders over the last so many years. You're going to use the fundamentals to tell you the story around the business. You're going to use the technicals to tell you how the market, how the company has performed over time. And because you're going to use technical analysis, the technical analysis can now show you the entry points that a fundamental analysis may not use. You with me? So the technical analysis is going to say, yo, the stock is consolidating right now. Boom. The stock is in a trend right now. Boom. The stock is, the stock, the, the technicals are going to tell you emotional movements from investors that's causing the stock to go a certain way. Fundamental analysis, we're going to look for price pointing, price points to get in. For a technical analysis person, is you're going to use the price points, but your price points are based on movement and stun the fundamentals. So for me, I'll give you an example. When I buy a stock based on fundamentals, I'm going to go check the price point. I'm going to go look at the value of the business, and then I'm going to look at certain averages. I'm going to see what the company has been selling for over a certain period of time. And because of that certain period of time, I'm going to now select price points based on percentages. For a, fundament, for a technical analysis person, you can say, okay, boom, let me compare the fundamentals to see if this is a good company, but also let me see what its value is 
but now let me set price points based on the movement of the stock. Such a great question. I hope I answered that for you well, King, because being a, a queen, I don't know, it's Nick, I, I pop. I'm gonna just say this. I hope I answered that for you well, royalty. You feel me? That way we ain't, I ain't, I don't make nobody feel played right there. You feel me? Um, but that's, that's how you use that, family. You use that, you use both of them, and you become, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with both of them. I, use, I even use a little technicals, but I don't go as far as looking at patterns. I just use moving averages to keep me in play, and then I use that. So great question. I hope I gave you a great answer. Let's go a little further. All right, so now we're going to go to our certified trapper of the week. This week's certified trapper is none other than, drum roll please, David Stewart, the chairman and founder of Worldwide Tech, one of the largest African-American-owned businesses in America. The hardest thing to do is take the first step to overcome your fears and doubt, especially when you are surrounded by doubt. Thomases who consistently reinforced those fears based on personal beliefs. Now, in the early days, he went from paycheck and watched his car get repossessed from his office parking lot. 1976, the first person of color to be employed by the Missouri Railroad Company. 1990, co-founder of the World Wide Web Technology Company, one of the largest privately held companies that today has gained it grown into a $14.5 billion company. First of all, let's just clap for that man for that. God damn. 14. Listen, he went from watching my car get repossessed to being worth $14.5 billion. He just lit all the ass on fire. All right. Then, named one of the 100 most successful people in business by Forbes magazine and recognized as the most powerful black executive in America. That was big. I guess they can't deny that if you got a company worth $14.5 billion. I guess they can't. I guess they can't argue with the facts. I guess they can't argue with the facts. And lastly, man, David said his philosophy is plainly put. I believe we are put on this earth to serve others. His faith has been a guiding force throughout his life and career. Shout out to David Stewart for being our Certified Wall Street Trapper of the Week. Let's go a little further. This is our wealth. No, learning lingo. I'm sorry, learning lingo. Let's go a little further. What our learning lingo is dividends. The distribution of a company's earnings to its shareholders and is determined by the company's board of directors. So I know y'all might be saying, Trap, I know what dividends is, I know what dividend is, but remember, I got to serve high level, medium level, and people that's just getting in the game. So dividends are simply put like this. They are a portion of the profit that a company gives to investors. So if the company make $100 and they say they want to pay uh, a dividend, they may pay a dividend of $10. They may pay a dividend of $5. But that money can only come from profits. That's what make a good company. All right? Dividends, dividends, dividends. All right, this is our wealth track by none other than Hove. Uh, listen, between Hove and Larry June, I don't know. I don't know. Right? So, Hove said something. It was simple. 
pay your taxes. Y'all ninjas hustling backwards. End quote. Simple as that. He said, pay your taxes. Y'all ninjas is hustling backwards. And here's what I want y'all to understand. Everybody won't make a million dollars until it's time to pay taxes on a million dollars. Everybody won't get money. Everybody want to build generational wealth. But you got to learn how to play taxes and you got to learn how to play the tax game. Because I promise you this, y'all. I promise you this. Taxes is the biggest bill you'll ever pay. And I want y'all to understand something. Everybody ain't going to be Donald Trump and get, rid of, get out of paying the taxes like that. Everybody ain't going to be Jeff Bezos and get rid of paying taxes like that. Listen, when I keep telling people I paid $1.1 million in taxes last year, everybody like, you ain't got a great advisor. You ain't got a... No, we just made money last year and we did all the stuff we could do. We probably got to get another level, but we wasn't mad at it. I was like, all right, bet, 1.1, we made this, I'm paying 1.1, all right, cool. You know what that mean? I ain't going to federal prison. That's what that mean. That what that mean. That mean I ain't going to federal prison for trying to avoid that. You know what Jesus told uh, Nicodemus? Pay Caesar what Caesar is due. And do what you got to do with the rest. So listen, I paid that $1.1 million, and guess what I did? I kept on going about my business. And then we told the team, all right, bet. Listen, if we paid $1.1 million last year for making this much, what happens if we at least not double it, but what if we made 20% more? What does that tax bill look like? What do we got to put in place now to pay less than that? And you keep learning as you go. What happens is you get on Instagram... And these people keep telling you, get the S-Corp, get the LLC, shift this over here, move that over there, and you keep thinking it's just simple like that. Ask them how much they paid in taxes last year. Ask them, the same people that's telling you that, ask them how much they paid in taxes last year. Tell them to show you the same tax structure they showed you. Tell them to show you the same S-Corps they telling you to set up. Tell them to show you that beautiful illustrations of put the LLC here, put the S-Corp right here, put the trust right. Tell them to show you they set up. That's what I want you to do. Because see, what I do is every week I get up here and show you the recession portfolio. Win, lose, or draw, you see it. So guess what that means? You know. You know exactly what Trap doing. Now, I'll be real with you. There's not another show on the planet that do that. There's not another show on the planet that does that. Here's my wins. Here's my... I'm talking consistently. I ain't missed a beat since August. Show me the, the person that's telling you all the stuff to do in the market that still beat the market last year in the deep recession by 17%. Trap did, and we still made a hundred and some thousand dollars last year in options. We showed it. Show me somebody right now that we up 13%. The market is up 8-7%. We up 13%. We still up 150,000 150, options. That ain't even counting. That's realized gains. So everybody that's showing you, I command y'all. I told y'all we got our marching orders. I dare you to tell the people that's telling you to do all that stuff, yo, show it to me so I can believe you. That's all I want you to do. 
That's all I want you to do. And I ain't just talking about stocks. The person that's telling you about real estate, like my girl, uh, Terica, real estate queen. Know how I know? I see all the property. I will, if I'm going to learn, my, my, my OG beyond when in Cleveland, guess what? He got all the property. If you're going to teach me real estate, let me see all the property. Don't teach me real estate and you ain't got no property. Or you got one property. You ain't qualified. You got one property, bro. You got one property, queen. You ain't qualified. Somebody trying to tell you how to start up a business, how many, how many businesses they got outside of them telling you to start a business? Let me see it. How many businesses you got that's successful? Are you trying to tell me how to start a business and you still going to a job? Maybe you shouldn't be the one teaching me how to start a business because you ain't learned how to set up a business that took you from your job yet. If you want to teach me about real estate, you got to have, if you want to teach me about stocks, I got to see that your stocks winning. You at least got to know how to consistently beat, you got to beat the market. What, you trying to teach me how to beat, win, play the stock game? What you did in 2022? Did you beat the market? Because Trap showed me he beat it. And he beat it by 17%. And he showed it. And he showed me every week from August to then. Did you, are you making money in options consistently? Show me the realized gains. Because Trap showed me his realized gains. I can show you again. We up $115,000. That's what I cashed out. And I do leave options. So all I'm saying is the person who's telling you set the trust up this way, set the trust up that way, the first thing I want you to tell him is show me the trust that you got set up. That's all. You ain't even got to show me the names. Just show me it's your trust with your businesses, with your LLCs, with your C Corp, S Corp. Show it to me. Because if you show it to me, now nah, I can listen to you. You show me, yeah, you can write this off on your taxes. Show me your taxes where you made seven figures and you wrote all that stuff off. Once you show it to me, guess what? I can't believe it. That's what I'm telling you. If somebody's trying to teach you stocks, guess what? Guess, you ain't got to go back to 08 to learn from them. You ain't got to go back to 20, 2019 to learn from them. Show me what you did in 2022, fam. Because the S&P was down 13% and the NASDAQ was down 33%. So if you're going to teach me stocks, I at, least, I at least need you to be at 1%. Just 1%. If you're going to teach me stocks, be up 1%. If you a trader, show me the money you made last year. I don't care if you made $1,000. If you're going to teach it to me, you got to be made more than $1,000, though. Show me your realized gains where you made so many trades and you up at the end of the year. Because what you could do is you can show me all your wins during the year, but you don't show me the losses you took. Because last year was volatile. crazy. So you can show me where you made $8,000, but you ain't going to show me before you made the $8,000 you lost fourteen. dollars you going to show me the eight. I don't mind showing the paperwork. I want y'all to stop. I saw somebody online the other day say, everybody a financial guru. I said, I ain't never said I was a financial guru. Yo, I'm just Wall Street trapper. I don't know what a guru is. But what I do know is I found solutions to the problems that I had in my life, and then I teach people from the solutions from the problems I had. But guess what? We all going to have different problems. So I mean, we all going to need different solutions. So guess what? My goal is to keep learning different solutions to different problems. I tell people all the time, 
I can't tell you how to react to losing your money because my, my, my relationship with money was different. Because I came from the street, I always knew that taking the L was part of the game. So the way I feel about money and the way I invest risky may be different from you. So we got to come up with another solution for you. I don't know the cookie cutter approach. I just know how to help you where you are. So all I'm telling you is this. If somebody going to teach you something, Hove said pay your taxes, y'all hustling backwards. Just make sure the person that's telling you to set up the LLCs and set up the trust and get the life insurance and get the whole life insurance and get the term life insurance, get the IUL life insurance, make sure they can show you some of what they got. Because we live in a world where everybody can say everything they want behind the phone until you go look at the paperwork and you realize the person that's teaching you about taxes ain't paid taxes in six years. Are they behind on their taxes? Or Uncle Sam sent them a paper saying you owe me on the taxes. What happened to all the deductibles? All right, I'm going to get off that. As we close out with this segment of Wise Words from the OG, I just want you to understand this. Once a person discovers the possibilities of wealth, there's a spirit of enthusiasm that overcomes them. Not because they attained it. Mm -mm. Not because they attained it. But because of the possibilities. I'll say that again. Not because they attained it, but because of the possibilities. I want you to think for a second. The possibilities of something can be so extremely dangerous. The possibilities represent so much. When Pharaoh heard wind, when he caught wind, that there could be a Messiah. Not that there was a Messiah. Not that the Messiah was attacking him. Not that the Messiah was in the palace, but he caught wind that there could be a Messiah born. And the possibilities of that happening, Pharaoh went to the village and killed all the firstborn sons. He talking about the possibilities. The most powerful part of a seed isn't the seed itself. It's the possibility of what the seed can grow into. It's the enthusiasm of what you think was inside the seed. Yo, the acorn become an oak tree? The baby become, become a father? The little girl can become a mother? The poor person with the right mindset be, could become a millionaire? We talking about the possibilities is what changed the game. The possibilities imply that there's something greater. The possibilities tells us that if something happens, if 
this happens, if this transitions, if this transforms, the possibility of something greater can happen. And that possibility gives us the enthusiasm. That possibility gives us the motivation. That possibility gives us the zest for life. We talking possibility. When I was homeless, I said, this ain't gonna be my life forever. And the possibilities of me sleeping in a bed, I, not in this car, made me go get it possibilities. So I want you to ask yourself, what has the possibilities of you achieving what you think you can achieve, what have those possibilities made you do? And I'm going to stop right there for a moment because I want you to understand something. Job 3 and 25 says, Job said, everything I feared and everything that I have dreaded has come to play. possibilities also working against us because even though God trusted Job Job also manifested everything that happened to him the possibilities of him losing his wife the possibilities of him losing his land the possibilities of him losing his cow the possibilities of him losing his sheep the possibilities of him losing his daughter Job thought and feared all of those things so the possibilities work for and against us so the possibilities are powerful and it all starts here some of y'all fighting for y'all life, but it's only in your head. You're in a better position than you think you is. But because of the possibilities of what could, could go wrong, you can't step outside of what you see in your head. The possibilities of making the right investments insinuate that we can build wealth over time. It's saying that we have the possibility to change the trajectory, not of my life, but of my family's life. But in order to alter the current struggles we face daily, we got to change the possibilities. We know other cultures and other ethnic groups have benefited tremendously, enormously from our work from off our backs. We know that. Slave labor, miseducation, discriminatory policies. We know that. We ain't got to keep beating that. We cannot eradicate that from the past. We can't take that from the blueprint. Yeah, we are the affected. That's right. We are the recipients of welfare. We are the offspring of generational struggle. We are the toddlers that were left home alone while mothers had to work multiple jobs with no fathers in a household. We are the offspring. That's right. We are the babies of uh, unjust laws. We are the spawn of the inadequacies of wealth. But we must rectify our financial fate 
And we do that by doing more of what we have. We do that by making more use of the money that we use now. We do that. We do that. And the more we invest, the more we walk into this financial revolution, the more the jubilance mm, of the possibilities of wealth we give birth to. I want you to listen to that word again. Jubilance. And when I heard that word, it meant so much to me. I was like, damn, that's a feeling. It's not like happy. It's not like excited. It's jubilant. Because when you become the first generational millionaire, when you become the first person in your family to make a million, when you become the first person in your family to make five million, when you become the first person in your family that buy that first piece of real estate, buy that second piece of real estate, when you become the first person in your family that put the everything in a trust, when you become the first person in your family that leave assets to people that you ain't gonna never meet before, when you the first person in your family that says two generations behind you, they still gonna be thanking you. Yo, jubilance is the word that describes that feeling. Invigorating is the word that describes that feeling. And so our goal every week at Trapping Tuesdays is to help you get closer to that goal. My goal every week, my mission every week is to give you the same power that those two black men felt when they stood in front of the world in those Olympics and they raised that black glove up. They did that in front of the world because they knew mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. We all on a mission. We all on a journey, man. And I just want y'all to know I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And man, I'm gonna fight with y'all. I'm on the front lines. And I don't care what come against me. I don't care what come against us. We gonna be here. And if you rocking with me, man, I'm gonna die for you. And I mean that. I mean, when I say that, I mean, I'm going to fight and I'm going to go to war for the message that we putting out there, for the philosophies that we putting out there. Because I know the revolution, the financial revolution, we need men and women that standing with integrity and honor. And even though we love our families, we'll die for our families, we also understand the mission that we here for. That's why I keep telling y'all, I ain't gotta be the biggest. I'm gonna be the realest, because this in my heart. This ain't about no cloud chasing. I love this. And I'm gonna go in any movement, speaking the way I speak, looking the way I look, representing the trappers the way I represent the trappers. And can't nobody take that from me, man. It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. Welcome to an amazing episode, episode 41, Trapping Tuesdays, man. Listen, download the link, put the link right there. Download the episode on all podcast platforms. Listen, here's the link for the live show on May 23rd. We got the tour coming soon. That's right. Get your merch. You know what I'm saying? Get your apparel. You feel what I'm saying? Make George be busy back there. You know what I'm saying? We got the hoodies. We got the crew necks. We got the t-shirts. We got the joggers. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all like. Make sure y'all subscribe. I'm going to see y'all next week, man. Salute. Thank you.